I'd like to take his face. Oh. You call himself ass kick instead. Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat to you? Yes! Am I getting through to you? Everybody, welcome back to We Bought a Nick on We Bought a Mike, a pop culture cage cast talking con air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. I'm Ernest. Drew. Um, I am a mullet blowing in the wind hunter. And joining us from the First and final frames at first and final frames. The famous, the 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 one and only Jacob Swinney. Welcome to We Bought a Mic. How you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Feels weird to switch it up. It's usually just you want all uh, FFF. We've had some some crazy times over on your show. Um, as breezy as uh, discussing the uh, Bobby Patty, the Batty Daddy. And as uh, heated as the film fights that we put together. So I had a great time over on your podcast and I had to get you on here for the cage series. Yeah. It's, it's funny for those who don't know, when I met Ernest, we were going to do a, a Coen brothers special on my podcast. And right as I was about to call him, like literally the second I was about to call him, Matt Reeves tweeted the Bobby Patty, Batty daddy test footage. So I called him. I'm like, yo, please tell me you're like a a Batman fan. He's like, yeah, why? I'm like, dude, check Twitter. And this is the first time I ever spoke to him. So that turned into the episode. If you need a guy who likes Batman and Bobby Patty, Batty Daddy, there's there's one guy to call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's one guy to put up the bat signal. Yeah. Big fan. The pat signal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. And I, yeah, I I remember now we did our top five Coens on that podcast. Uh, That was a good one. It's funny because uh, when I listened to uh, you and Steve do uh, Raising Arizona, I remember at the time you hadn't seen it. And I was like, what? Right. You haven't seen Raising Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was all pissed off. Great cage, uh, Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really wowed me there. And uh, since then, now we're on, what is this, like the sixth or seventh movie? I've lost count. We're in, we're in pretty deep. We're, we're in deep, yeah, with, uh, with Con Air. Um, which was chosen by you, Jake, um, letting every guest choose the movie here on this series. So I think this is a good time to kind of do a little check-in on cage here. You know, we've had, we've had a few movies to get to know the guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So why, why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, on cage, Jake? Like what, how do you feel about the cage? Dude, it's funny because I've been a Nick cage fan forever and I was like Googling some Nick Cage stuff uh, before the show. And one of my old Fandor videos popped up. If you guys don't know, I used to like do video essays for Fandor back in the day. And um, it, was, it was funny, just like searching for Nick Cage stuff. My video came up. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I forgot I made that. So I watched it and it just opens with Nicolas Cage is my favorite actor of all time. But like younger <laughs> me, like yes. super excited about it. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. I forget, kind of forgot about that. But I've had like a huge Nicolas Cage infatuation like forever and 
Um, I think probably Con, Con Air was like the first movie that like solidified that. That and Gone in 60 Seconds. They were like my two favorite movies growing up. Like I had remember having them on VHS and my mom had a uh, Ford Expedition that had like the VHS player and like the oh, TV in the I'm back. I'm so jealous. Dude, I remember it was three VHSs that were always in like the back of the seat pocket. It was Con Air, Face Off, Gone mm. in 60 Seconds, and then mm. also Fast and Furious, but Nick Cage isn't in that. Three cages out of four, though. That's yeah. very impressive. Would, would Fast and Furious as a franchise be better if Nick Cage was yeah, a central piece? Absolutely. Put him in as a villain, for yeah. sure. Why isn't he in there yet? It's not too late. I Hey, they're still going to make, like, what, like 20, 30 more Fast no. and Furious movies? So. I think Vin confirmed that the 11th will be the final or the 10th part two will be the final <laughs> one. What if, what if that's just what they're telling Vin so he fucks off? <laughs> They're just like, yeah, then the 11th will be your last movie. Yeah, right, we agree yeah. to that. Yeah, the series is ending for you. <clears throat> It'll just be Fast and Furious Presents after that with just the rotating cast of characters. With just the rock in every movie. Yeah. Well, Gone, Gone in 60 Seconds is basically like a Fast Furious ripoff, right? So the premise of Gone in 60 Seconds is more stealing cars than racing cars. Mm, so it, okay. it's a remake. I don't know how faithful it is to the original. I've never seen the original. But, dude, I was, like, obsessed with that movie. Like, I, I mean, I could go word for word with it when I was a kid. And it was funny because that I was going to pick that one for mine. But I was like, man, I got to go with Connor because that's, like, you know, the original one that got me all amped up on the, right. the cage thing. But, um, dude, it's funny. I watched Gone in 60 Seconds not too long ago. Really weird story, actually. It was uh, one of the drunkest I've been in my entire life. And uh, I'm a big Baltimore Ravens fan. So it was football Sunday. Oh, nice. And it was me and like three or four of my buddies. We like live in the same building. So we're just sitting around watching football and, you know, Ravens are a really good team. I see you're probably not a Ravens fan based on your shirt. Yeah, but. I am wearing a Tom Brady <laughs> oh, shirt as we are recording this podcast. I'm going to, he doesn't, he doesn't speak for us. Don't worry, Jake. Yeah. But um, so my, my neighbor made this rule that every time the Ravens score, you have to take a shot of Jameson. So high scoring offense you're pretty toasty by the end of the game so well, yeah when was this what this year was, this was this past year this oh past okay so, i yeah, was like so. not doing a lot of scoring in the joe flacco offense um yeah <laughs> that uh that 2012 playoff run though baby all timer you don't have to remind me of that yeah you, you can ask the goat about that one but uh <laughs> joe flacco is, is the goat <laughs> regardless uh so we ordered a pizza and we uh Ernest, I, I don't know if I talked to you about this yet, but uh, I think it was you, your letterbox review on Rounders got me to watch it. Mm -hmm. And I became obsessed with poker after watching that movie. Malcolm, like, dude. Dude, super obsessed with. Yeah, it's a good time. Back to Connor. Legendary but, uh, bad accent by Malcolm like, in that movie. Horrible. What is he doing? It's very so funny. <laughs> so, dude, we, uh, we were playing poker like after the game. And we got, we got like a poker table and everything. And we ordered a pizza and the pizza guy shows up. So I'm just like drunk and being a smart ass. And I was like, hey, dude, why don't you come in and play a hand? So the pizza guy comes in, rips a shot of Jameson, shotguns a beer, and then plays a hand of poker and like loses half of my chips because he just like took my spot. So I was like, <laughs> all right, you know, you know, you know, good try, man. And I was like, just, you know, just being friendly. I was like, yeah, why don't you, you know, come back later? Like just as like a passing thing. Like I didn't actually mean it. Dude, like fucking two o'clock in the morning i get a knock on the door and it's the pizza guy 
and he's got like a book bag on and like I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, you told me to come back. So I was like, he's got, oh, okay. he's got like the, uh, he's got the translucent green visor. Dude, yeah, it was, it was, it was like, it was weird. It was just a weird, like, and plus me being like hammer drunk, I was like having a hard time processing this. So he sits down, it's like me and the, the other people in the building. And we're just kind of like sitting there and it's kind of like a weird vibe. We're just chilling with the pizza guy now. So he puts his book bag down and he pulls out this fucking like huge bong, a dab rig, and oh, a bottle no. of Crown Royal. I'm like, oh, this guy's trying to like party party on a <laughs> Sunday night. That's so, what, to to have all that and like have no one to share it with. Right. You know, <laughs> he's just right. like, yeah, always just, ready. Good, yeah, he's game. just a free agent. <laughs> Dude, so I like don't smoke like at all. And somehow pizza guy talks me into ripping a dab with no, him. No, no. So, on top of oh. being drunk. So, dude, I like completely blackout. No, I come yeah. to at like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, whoa, like, where am I? <clears throat> I look around. Nobody else is there except for pizza guy. And I look on the, ta- the coffee table and there is the Blu-ray to Gone in 60 Seconds laying open. And I look up and it's at the climax of the movie. So in my blackout <laughs> state with pizza guy, my first instinct was, yeah, let's put on the Blu-ray of Gone in 60 Seconds. It wasn't like, <laughs> hey, what's on Netflix? It's like, oh, I have this film on the shelf. I want to wow. go get it. I'm going to put it in and we're going to watch it. So that was the last time I revisited that movie. And uh, I don't Incredible. really remember it, but <laughs> Look, and I, I, now what I took from that is that you're a man of physical media and I respect that. <laughs> oh, my God. Man. You, see, you see the shelf. I know. Shelf I like me. it. Right and now you're yeah. engaged to the pizza guy. <laughs> so <laughs> congratulations. This is like super off topic, but he didn't leave. So he like stayed the night and I had to wake up the next morning, like getting ready to like start working. I'm like, hey, man, you got to go. It's like, yeah, well, just let me know when you're ready to start work and I'll leave. I'm like, yeah, just leave now. Like, that would be preferable. The, the guy who talks you into doing a dab is the worst guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't, especially that late at night when you're like winding down. No, no one's got to be that high. You don't want to, if you mix it with shot, that's how I lost my 21st birthday. It's It's gone from my memory bank. Yeah, the people that force dabs are like just under people who like force you to watch gone in 60 seconds at three in the morning yeah. <laughs> right right around there so yeah. so have you seen this pizza man since this time or did you Dude, so decide to never order pizza from this one place we're domino's guys now we're never oh, going no. we're, never, we're never going back to that place <laughs> he knows where you live just some someday <laughs> he's gonna show up with it like the blu-ray for con air like hey <laughs> Conair, just- Conair on dabs though i think that would be a real vibe yeah yeah i'd watch that on yeah dude yeah. i i ultimately picked conair though because conair is like significantly more batshit crazy than it, yeah it's it's a lot all at once uh and i think it's pretty successful at what it seeks out to do yeah i was gonna say so i think that objectively this is not as good of a movie as the rock but I think I had more fun watching Con Air it's than I did sillier, The Rock. right? Yeah, it's like just going full balls to the walls action. This is also like, I was trying to think about it because I think that Nick Cage is very underrated as an action movie star. Like he actually can do the action movie star thing. I think that part of it is like that he is a good actor where mm-hmm. a lot of action movie stars aren't. Um, and not just like, He's, he at least makes interesting choices. Yeah. It, and it's not, I mean, usually whenever it's like, it's a good performance by an action movie star, it's only ever played for comedy, like Schwarzenegger, like his, some of his best action roles are like when he is being self-aware that he is a monster uh, of a human being. Yeah. And this like, 
Cage kind of plays it a little bit more serious. I mean, he has like some really good one-liners and stuff in there, but he is like trying to make choices. That is performance. That is kind of Arnold-esque though, isn't it? Yeah. The one-liner. Well, it's not just Arnold. I mean, even look at, I think that The Rock is a better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger probably, but Mm -hmm. like it's still kind of, they still do the same thing. Like you aren't getting a great dramatic role out of The Rock. The Rock has tried to do dramatic before. Look at uh, something like Skyscraper and it fails miserably. Yeah, I, I I, mean, we'll get to recaging couch at the end of this, but I don't know if The Rock could do this. Maybe he could. It'd be totally different. It would just, like, he he plays it exactly how the script calls for, and that's not what you want from these characters because these are pretty broadly written guys that star in these. So also, you want someone who's making his own choices in the middle of it. The, the Rock would also just be winking at the camera every other scene. Mm-hmm. And I like that Cage doesn't really do that. We haven't really gotten a movie yet where he's really doing that does he ever really do that um like i mean adaptation the, kind of calls for him to yeah that's that the whole kind of the point of it that's though. yeah that's exactly dude i don't um, know if the rock can pull off that wig though that'd be a true. tough look for the rock so, i want the rock to do an, Al- an alabama accent <laughs> so it, that is a wig though right yeah it's definitely but, yeah a there's wig. no way he grew that it looks so, legit it well, looks great it's because they made the right choice to not pretend that he's not balding in real life because he yeah. was there's one good wig and one bad wig in this movie um and the bad wig is worn by john cusack um is that a wig yes no dude. i it's got to be a wig dude his hair is like all over the place that are like maybe he just had crazy hair man how like what was happening with the hairdresser that day or something but i I have a lot of feelings on John King. What, uh, what, what, what was that. The Rock, 95? It was the year before this. It was 96. 96. 96. Okay, so Con Air and Face Off are both 97. Yep. Yeah. So Big he kind of did like the holy trinity of Cage action flicks in two years. Yeah. Like The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Do you guys know the, uh, the story about Con Air rapping? Like the infamous story? What's Con that? Air rapping? No. No, the, the, the day Con Air rapped principal photography. Oh, Cage's no, no, last no. day of shooting. Uh, he, he rapped Con Air. He got on a jet. And 12 hours later, he was on the set of Face Off ready. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't even sleep. And Fucking. This guy's a king. Working. Dude, <laughs> guess, what, king. guess what the first scene he filmed was? Um, was it the one where he's in the preacher costume? No, it was the fucking speedboat scene. Like the most <laughs> high octane Goddamn. scene in the entire movie. He's, I guess he brought the energy from Con Air into that scene in Face Off. So he's, right, he's yeah. also, he's potentially at his uh, most jacked in this movie. Dude, so he put, on, he put on 20 pounds of muscle he's for this movie. He's big. Role. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, He's bigger than he was in uh, Moonstruck, even, which is when he was like at his like most <laughs> sexualized. Yeah, uh, you don't, you don't really notice until the. Oh, I'm a sorry, big mullet you, guy. I'm just no, saying, you, you know. Jake, you were gonna say you don't see it until he until he, the tank tops. Yeah, until yeah. he's in the tank, you're like, what the fuck, dude? And then when he gets back on the plane, he's all sweaty, and somebody shoots him, and he doesn't even break stride. He just like fucking eats the bullets. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a shit. It I was looks like, so hell cool yeah. though. So allegedly, uh, Nick Cage was doing, um, he was like lifting weights and doing pull ups in between takes of Con Air. Interesting. Honey, it, it shows. Yeah. He d- it does make sense because he's he's more vascular than ever in this movie, and I I hope to God he's the man's like not taking pump. PEDs. Yeah, yeah, he's at like a full pump in this movie. <laughs> um, this Con Air, I I liked like a considerable amount better than The Rock actually, and I think it 
almost entirely comes down to the script. I think I think that the script knows that this is like a fun, stupid movie. And I don't I think The Rock has no clue that it's stupid. I, you know, I and I mean, the the credits of the respective screenwriters kind of uh, reflect that like the the rock guy didn't do shit. This guy wrote Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, yeah. He wrote the sequel to the Jumanji movies, the new ones that are evidently funny. I haven't seen them, but they're evidently like surprisingly decent. He yeah, wrote the, Venmo. The first he wrote, I was right. going to say he wrote Ernest's favorite movie of uh, 2018. Venmo. Venmo. <laughs> yeah, he wrote Venmo. <laughs> um, uh, he wrote Kangaroo he Jack. He wrote Kangaroo Jack, yeah, guys. This, guy. <laughs> this is like, this is our William Goldman. High Fidelity. <laughs> Uh, Cusack it's, joint. Yeah, it's funny you you bring up Conair like knowing it's cheesy because I was wondering it this time and I never really wondered it before because there's so many cheeseball moments in it. I'm like, is this like, you know, kind of winking at the camera a bit, like, hey, this is cheesy '90s action, or is this just what it is? I think at the at the very least, uh, it the fact that it takes time to like be intentionally funny and those moments don't always fall flat put it right. above the rock for me because in the rock the intentional humor is pretty brutal right uh, like you know the scene with the cartoonish gay stereotype guy and then a lot of stuff is unintentionally funny with this the obviously skipping ahead but like establishing the cute old couple in their car and then dropping a dead body on them is funny james's well, dad from twin peaks yeah the military guy Whatever that guy's name is. It's hey, funny because uh, Conair has a very cartoonishly over the top gay guy as well. I, yeah. I thought that's what you're talking about. At oh, first. no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that hasn't aged as great. Um, Dude, yeah, we, especially that it's your, like a, a, you know, a prison stereotype. You know, that's yeah. pretty brutal. Was there what I, uh, Sally can't dance is yeah, rough. Yeah, not not, not what you want. What, what I didn't what I didn't realize as a kid is like how racially charged a lot of Conair is. Yeah, oh, like when they first get on the plane, I was like, holy hell, I don't remember this. <laughs> Every other line of dialogue, it's like, <laughs> what the hell? So I was wondering, is is Dave Chappelle like, did he even have a script or was he just like riffing? Because there's almost just like come across like Dave Chappelle like jokes that he's saying. He's really funny. He, he just has it, yeah. a I think he just has a voice that makes it sound like everything is his own thought. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> um he's all over act one of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he just kind of goes away. Yeah. So we let's just talk about like the movie itself. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's do a little table setting here. So directed by Simon West, uh, who goes on to do like uh, Laircroft Tomb Raider, Black Hawk Down, Expendables 2, just a bunch of kind of like schlocky stuff. I don't think he ever kind of I found his juice or anything like that. He He does a solid job here. I'm not really a fan of the directing in this movie, and I can kind of get into the details of that later. There, um, uh, I think in Act Three things go south, directing wise. It's it, it still works for the most part. You yeah, know? it's not it's not distracting, and a lot of I appreciate that a lot of the movie uh, the direction isn't trying to get in the way of everything because yeah. sometimes Michael Bay can do that, but they do like he makes like some really fun choices with some of the action set people like the, the crouch fight. I've never just seen two people crouching and fighting each other before. And like, that's a fun directorial. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a Jackie there. Chan idea. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. It's, uh, it's another Jerry Bruckheimer joint that we talked about him last week. Cause he also produced uh, the rock uh, kind of the King of Hollywood during this nineties era. 
made his his time during the 80s with Tony Scott, would go on to completely rule uh, the world with Pirates of the Caribbean and all these like uh, Disney movies, uh, uh, Touchstone Pictures and specifically like Buena Vista Studios, like CSI, The Amazing Race. Yeah, it was basically like uh, uh, Disney's like off brand that they didn't want to put the Magic Castle in the in the credits because that would you know immediately brand the movie so they were like okay let's let's let jerry over here um lead a touchstone slash buena vista um so that disney could produce like these more kind of r-rated adult um, it, uh, oriented movies it, it would be funny if this movie started with like da, na, 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 na. <laughs> and then you're introduced Woo! to johnny 23 and he's just like i have a heart for each woman who i've read yeah they, they call me johnny 600 <laughs> if they do the whole story <laughs> Fuck. The, the movie just opens with like really unnecessary like war docu footage like yeah like that the tone it, it just doesn't work they've <laughs> gone for baby it sucks so hard how it starts it becomes propaganda so fast yes yeah. what's one of the funniest lines and it's definitely not meant to be funny but it made me laugh because we're getting into the the setup uh all pre-title card sequence um of nick cage returning home from being in the army he's rangers a good old after boy. the army rangers commercial that we watched the first 90 seconds and uh there's like the three guys in the bar that are harassing his wife. And he, he's just like, oh, people like you are the reason why we lost Vietnam. And it was like, yeah. this, it made me think, is this a period piece? Because who <laughs> in like 1997 is still just like, yeah, up were on you Vietnam? even alive? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like, it would be 10 years prior to 97, right? Because doesn't he do like a 10 year stint? Uh, okay, so 87 makes, okay. That, that, does. that That's a good point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, also the, like- The girl is maybe like- between seven and ten right so when he when he gets his sentence they're like no more or no, no less than seven to ten years yeah so call it seven years so maybe it's 1990 or something right but um, uh dude, yeah I, I, I would imagine it's it's seven because this guy you know he obviously has perfect behavior in prison like he knows how to get out right yeah yeah, yeah. i laugh so hard at the uh like the the title card drop because it's just so <laughs> random it like cuts from his wife crying to just like shink Conquer. Yeah, it, it's so yeah. The beginning, I was like, "Man, is it going to be another one of these fucking things?" Because the the focus of the rock stays re- pretty squarely on like the issues of military, and this movie has like quite a bit of it because Nick Cage's character is like a god, like he is a perfect man aside from looking like Nicolas Cage, uh, and it, you know a lot of that is accredited to the fact that he's a soldier also just because we like you said we don't really know he's buff until the tank top right uh the fact that when he is tried and convicted the, the judge is like your body is a weapon because you're a soldier <laughs> yes. like, you have different responsibilities because of how powerful and hot oh you my are. god dude the lawyer for this guy is just awful Terrible. like <laughs> why this man okay his wife was being like his assaulted. pregnant wife. His pregnant <laughs> wife was getting harassed by dudes. They then pull a knife on him yeah. to yeah. try to kill him. And he in self-defense like punches him in the face and he dies. Punches <laughs> one punch. You're not murder. supposed to do the death punch to <laughs> civilians. Nick. I thought he grabbed the knife. Yeah, I think he yeah, I think he gets him with the knife. I, I, guess, I guess it was kind of poor, like poorly directed because you can't really tell. In that, um, he just punched him, and then like I don't, I don't, I there was a knife involved, and I think there was blood from knife. Um, either way, though, it it struck me as very funny, and also, yeah, it's it just the the suddenness of it all because he pulls up at that bar, 
yeah. re- returning <laughs> from the military. And the pregnant and then, wife is that? Is she like working? She, and then, working yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like three sentences later, he's getting berated by some dude. Yeah. Dude, it moves quick. Like from him, like getting out of the military to him getting on the plane, like serving a sentence. Like his whole sentence takes place in the opening credits with like the voiceover of him, like writing the letters mm-hmm. back and forth. And uh, it, it just like I've realized how quickly they get to the point in this movie like that, like they use the just the credits to like set up everything. Yeah, super yeah, and efficient. It's, exactly. It is quick because we've been uh, talking about these movies and, and, and sometimes they have kind of an extended uh, sort of prologue. Like I Raising Arizona is like 11 minutes before the title card hits. Uh, leaving Las Vegas is like. 18 minutes yeah it's like 14 15 it's a long yeah this one you just get a quick little five or six minute intro and and you're immediately into it uh i did note no flames uh behind the title card there's plenty of flames later on yeah the rock the rock has a lot of flames. i I was like what why don't we get flames with the title card like we're squarely in the middle of the 90s give me some flames you know, they probably had that mocked up and then they saw the rock and they were yeah. like, fuck, man, <laughs> this is so original. Yeah. Um, OK, so a couple other things I want to say about this little uh, prologue. So um, this um, this asshole in the bar, is he like an anti-war ally? I think more than anything, I think he wants to fuck the bartender. OK, I, I thought like, he was going to be like, like you know, like protesting against no, the, the American occupation. I, I think he's into her. And also, I think maybe it's his kid. Oh, my God. I don't I, think I, I, that. I know, but for, for a moment in the movie, I was thinking that's where it was going because there's a moment that's uh, poorly acted where he, you know, he's talking about how she's pregnant and then she's like, wait, but wait. And then, like, they get interrupted by the guy. And it's like, well, where are you going with this? You, oh, there's man. only reason there, you would say that. There is that line later on, too, that the kid doesn't look like him. Uh, remember Bubba oh. from Forrest Gump is like, oh, yeah. you're lucky you got your mama's good looks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> Rhonda's something. Man. <laughs> like, I, I think this may have been a dropped plot line. Because she's, like, just become pregnant when he gets home right like how long has he been gone well maybe it was like he had like a little break or something yeah was he in combat or was he just <laughs> well, like, i imagine yes he a special oh yeah how the fuck the did she get down? pregnant i never even thought about yeah that. exactly like he seems to not care <laughs> i mean sometimes soldiers come back for like a week no yeah, i know he was probably back break. for a moment and and knocked her up but like it seemed like she was about to tell him and then to have that line at the end i think because this movie uh, does it seems uh, toward the end that they're rushing it because it's getting long and they yeah. need to have this whole set piece in Vegas to complete like the trifecta right. of set pieces. <laughs> so I would I would imagine they had to abandon a couple different things to Dude, fit that in. Yeah, who needs character beats when you have when you need more action set pieces? Need, they're like, well, we have to like, I mean, we have to one up. We did just uh, explode like two hundred thousand gallons of propane in the last set piece. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Nick Cage murders this guy in the rain, which I thought was pretty sweet. It's like, oh, well, that, you know, he you are committing like a crime straight up. Yeah. It is self-defense, granted. Um, and then the dude, the big dude runs up and he's like, this guy's dead. <laughs> I did think it was funny, too, how when he's being sentenced by the judge, it's like they make a point to say it's like for manslaughter. And I was like, hmm, is that what they call when you do a self-defense murder? manslaughter I think, yeah because he wasn't yeah, intending on murdering yeah, him right yeah i always thought that that was like accidental 
That's that's what manslaughter is. Manslaughter is accident accidental murder. Was that accidental what he did? Well, I mean, I he didn't so, mean to yeah. kill the guy. Okay, his, his body is a weapon. Yeah, he can't control us. This is um, not his fault. Yeah, this is he's actually just uh he's like Arnold the, Schwarzenegger from Tokyo Yeah, he's like the fucking he's Manchurian just, candidate. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. I so this is like there's the first scene where I thought a couple different times this movie was gonna like cross the line of being like a oh no, this is a very bad choice. And there's a couple of not great choices, but I thought there was gonna be a sexual assault scene at this point. Yeah, well, later on. And then you think and then you really think that sexual assault came, is coming on coming along. Why, with later Danny on. Trejo? Yeah. That's Luckily, rough. uh, this is Jerry Bruckheimer. Maybe that wasn't early passing the script and Jerry Bruckheimer was like, no, nah, we aren't doing that. And you are going to have uh a character say the name of the movie. Yeah, in the film. <laughs> welcome to Con Air. That's a great moment. Um, I also noted that this is when we first get the Trisha Yearwood uh, music drop, which we get the nice little reprise at the end. So it, it seeds that moment right off uh, uh, um, at the top of the movie. Um, the whole uh, "How can I live without you?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a nice banger. Shit. Oh yeah. Um, Cage's Alabama accent. How do we feel? It's it's fun. Uh, it's not, you know, it's a little all over the place. Uh, it's at times it's Forrest Gump and at times it's more like Benoit Blanc. Yeah. He, he can't place the state. It's very drawn it's, now. It's Southern, but he, the state that it's in. That's not an Alabama accent. <laughs> it becomes Louisiana and then it yeah. becomes like Tennessee or something. There are certain points where he's like talking uh, specifically with the scenes where he's talking to John Malkovich and he's almost doing like, sophisticated georgia gentleman kind of a thing mm. and you're like no this guy's a hillbilly hick like that's not yeah but he's a fucking, but you know he's, he's like having, a hero yeah he's having fun with it and like i i had fun with his accent um then we get you know we fast forward and we get introduced to the hair because time goes by um and we get that cage hair which i guess i didn't realize that it was a wig but it looks beautiful top level shit and then we get introduced to John Cusack um, in the house wearing some sweet ass sandals. Um, how do how do you feel about John Cusack, guys? He uh, he disowned this movie. He refuses to what? talk about it. Yeah. Why? He refuses to do any. Pr- I think I'm not I'm not positive. You might want to fact check me on this, but I think he refused to even do like press for the movie because he hated it so much, uh, which I mean, is funny because he, he's like he's like giving a good performance. Like he's seems committed in it. Like he's a I like character. Him. Yeah, generally I I tend to like him. I know you don't like him, Ernie, because you've only seen like 2012 or whatever. Yeah, I I I can't stand him for some reason. That's like, oh, I I hate Nick Cage because of Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Like, that movie's awesome though. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> that's on the list. We're gonna see that. Um, but I I love him in High Fidelity. Like he's he he can do great show, and yeah. I I think in this movie he is delivering like a solid performance. He you know it's it's a good role for him. He's this sort of stodgy U.S. Marshal who can, he's like the only suit who can see the humanity in prisoners, apparently. I do love when he's giving the scouting reports on the different prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Cyrus the virus. They say he's killed more men than cancer. So, like what, going so what we're going to do is put them all on a plane. Yeah. yeah that's I, like literally a scene like right out of a football movie when they're like introducing <laughs> the starting lineup, like the replacements when they're like going through the scouting sheet and they're like, oh, Shane Falco, footsteps Falco from Ohio State. It's like the same shit. <laughs> it's like it's, a Key and Peel sketch. Yeah. yeah. I, um, 
I I don't I thought that John Cusack was like solid, like he was pretty serviceable. A lot of times, whenever it was him, uh, just like with the other suits talking, I was like, I don't really care. Like, let's get back on the plane with um with Cage Malkovich. and crew and Malkovich and everybody. I did see uh real quick on one thing while I was looking up uh some stuff about Conair that the original first choice for the John Cusack role, Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. Oh, I, I think that that makes that. it a better movie. Yeah. If different Robert energy is there. in there. I do like the energy of Colm Meany. <laughs> Colm Meany is the other like. I, I paused guy. the movie and stared at that name on IMDb <laughs> for like four minutes. Is that the dude that's like the dad from Get Him With the Greek? Is um, he? Aldous's dad. He's the other um he he yes it is it is okay. wow yeah he he's the big fucking the, Irish guy the who guy with Tony the, Soprano the as kicker license plate yeah, yeah. that guy Dude, like the cheesiest thing in the 90s was like when they just wanted to like do quick character building it's just like all right just give him a vanity plate with something absurd on it yeah a vanity plate that as says kicker <laughs> protagonist <laughs> um also just like the car as a man's identity is all over these fucking movies. Like in the rock, he says, oh, like, yeah. I drive a beige Volvo yeah. Yeah. And in, in this one, like Cusack's nasty ass, like really way too shitty car versus, you know, the Porsche. Yeah. That man's like a, a high up in the DEA. Like he's bringing in like six figures. He can get a better fucking car than that. He's going to have to and get this destroyed. No, that's well, that's Colm's car. Oh, Colm's car right, gets destroyed. Right. Yeah. This whole movie is like, basically a, a class and the the checkoffs gun trope because pretty much everything that gets set up gets yep. like a payoff at some point like him talking about how nice his car is and the car gets trashed and then like uh uh nick cage saying like hey i'm gonna get that picture of my daughter back and he gets it back the Ooh, bunny in the, the box bunny, yeah. like literally every single thing that they set up in this movie has some sort of payoff or callback or something yeah that's that's a eat, great point eat your heart out paddington too <laughs> it's it's like uh it's like i said about the rock and just like generally all of these like big big 90s action movies like independence day they're all so uh blueprinty they were all right, so yeah. simulated like, <laughs> like dude like uh even down to dave Chappelle saying to the the one guy he's like hey if we make it through this i hope you don't hold a grudge and then he's the one that can save him and he just gives yeah. him the finger like when he's like chasing down the plane it's like holy shit literally <laughs> oh, every of- line of dialogue um, according to Conair Wiki, uh, which is a thing, um, I did look it up. Dave Chappelle improv- improvised most of his lines. Wow, most of Chappelle's lines. I knew it. It was just like some of this stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> the uh, was is uh, the last Mohican is on fire. Oh yeah! Something. Oh my god! A lot of another offensive humor. fucking dialogue bit. What are you going to say, Jake? The uh, I looked this up today too, which is pretty wild. Uh, so the Kid Rock classic. American Badass, which is like the song that samples Sad by True by Metallica. That song is based off of Cameron Poe. Like he wrote that song with Cameron Poe in mind. <laughs> he would. He would. Yeah. This, Checks out. this movie has big Kid Rock energy. Yeah. Kid I mean, Rock is like, hey, if you need a song for Conair 2, just let me know. And yeah. Jerry's like, I'll, I'll give you a call. Okay. Yeah. We already got Leonard Skinner. Like we're good. Man. Why are we thinking that his name is Cameron Poe? <laughs> That's what, a good question. What is that bringing to the table here? Know, last, it cannot. There's no way in fucking hell it's an Edgar Allan Poe thing. Last week we had uh, Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah, which I think yo. is like way Iconic way better. Game. 
Oh he's the Poe. he has the know. worst name because everybody else has like a fun little name like yeah, Cyrus a, the virus. Cameron, Cameron Poe isn't William, even a soldier name. William Billy Bedlam Bedford. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nathan Diamond Dog Jones, who's Ving Rhames. Mister Dog. <laughs> yeah, Baby O. I, I think it's probably because they they really want to ground his character. Like they really want him to be like an everyman, right? Like you know. Cameron Poe is probably like some guy in Arkansas that goes to the movies just twice a year and just saves <laughs> up to take his family. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see Con Air. That's going to be my big summer movie. And then, then uh, I'm going to hit my wife. <laughs> oh my God. Cameron Poe's a bad man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of like this middle America type of trying to trying to reach across the aisle. is what Jerry. Yeah. Bruckheimer he's is trying to do. he is sort of like a captain America. Like you, you, when I imagine him pre-military, I'm imagining like a fucking beanpole Southern idiot, you know? Yeah. And then he, uh, he hears the calling. He sees those like call of duty commercials or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's it. I'm doing it. So Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah. Um, just he is the MVP of this movie. Yeah, he gets to do so he gets to do a lot. He yeah. gets to do whatever he wants, and he's really great. I, I wrote down a poster child for the criminally insane, is how they <laughs> describe him. <laughs> he has so many of like the the lines I was talking about that are like they are written, and I feel like it's to be over the top, stupid, corny, and funny. Right. Yeah. He gets he gets so many perfect little lines like that. Like, the one that I was unsure of is when he's like talking to the pilot and he's like, if you don't do what I say, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the next set of wings you see will be the flies above your rotting corpse. I was like, is that like winking at the camera? Or is that like supposed to be intimidating? Like, I, I thought I thought he was going to go the route of like the next wings you'll see are like St. Peter's. And yeah, that's what heaven. I thought. That's what everyone <laughs> thought. That would make more sense. Like he has the, <laughs> he has the greatest line in the entire movie, though, which is when somebody yells side and he goes, Anara, Anara. Anara. <laughs> and throws a cigarette and blows them up. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, that kicked ass. It's so it's so great. Wow. What's the uh, what does Nicolas Cage say to uh, John Cusack after he's like when they meet for the first time? He's like, where are you going? And he's like, to save the fucking day. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. Um, I just meant John Malkovich can just play like menacing cartoonish bad guy so fucking well, like especially like right in this 90s run, like he is in the line of fire around here this was um, i mean this was before being john malkovich yeah, yeah. he kind of caps that run that. so Did that guys... line that line that you're talking about jake it, it, he says uh she's my hummingbird <laughs> but i couldn't leave a fallen man behind like we yeah we heard man we know <laughs> what do you think i'm gonna do i'm gonna save the fucking day hell yeah did, did you guys hear the story about uh malkovich's first day on rounders he what he like insulted someone and like fired them off the set i you know i have read this but i don't remember it was so like he didn't come on until like several weeks into production so it was like this kind of like like feeling on set like oh like 13 days till malkovich gets here 12 days like just this like aura like oh my god malkovich is coming so nobody knew he was going to do this like russian accent or whatever it's supposed to be so on the first day uh they're like going through rehearsal and it's just him and Damon sitting there at the, the poker table. And uh, Malkovich is like, if you give me my money, 
I will. And like all this like zany shit. I remember. And, um, yeah. And everyone's just looking around. Well, like, yeah. Everyone's like, are we going to stop him? And they, 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 they finish and like, everyone's like, Oh my God, like applauding. I'm like, great job. Great job. And I guess Malkovich like read Damon's face that like Damon was like, not like convinced. Like he was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So uh, Malkovich was like, come here. And like told Damon to lean in that he leans across the table and he just goes, I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> oh man that rocks what a king. maybe he is but does it matter no well he also the, another story from that movie is he i think he was dating a a russian girl and that's oh, okay. and that's who he got all of his coaching from not from a linguistics oh, person no yeah well that makes sense yeah <laughs> and so she must have watched it and like that's why like they broke up like she was like this is what you think i sound like dude it's all over the place it's like it's not even the accent it's his inflection he's like putting accents on like the weirdest syllables it it makes sense because he to do an accent he sort of has to do double the work because he has to figure out the you know the intricacies of the accent and then figure out how john malkovich would sound if he did the accent yeah (laughs) because malkovich is an accent (laughs) like that you know he is just a voice it's so much elocution way over pronunciating and um, he's doing it in this movie a good bit oh of course he's and not like hamming but it the, up, well but... this is the perfect movie for him to just sound like that you know uh also just villains in general like it, it's great for them to sound like that like the this like the nicer slightly more innocent side of this is just christoph waltz and in, in bastards hmm. you know where he's like he's not over the top but he's just over pronouncing everything to the point that you're like i like don't trust yeah, it's you like and terrifying. I, yeah. right <laughs> um but yeah he he rules in this they take over the plane it's pretty intense it is um i i don't think this sequence again i don't think it's very well directed um it there's a lot of like choppy editing no some yeah there are set pieces that are there are set pieces that are i think really well done and a lot of stuff on the plane is not um is not <laughs> the set itself is pretty silly yeah the set of the plane um yeah it's like not like a plane it though <laughs> it's a very like poorly designed plane like it looks kind of like cheap and just like metal like for yeah. carrying just these heavy duty prisoners they're like well we have three gates that we can lock them out of well planes that transport prisoners don't look like this Planes that transfer prisoners just look like regular planes. Oh man, not the jailbird. (laughs) You know the fucking people that this thing has to take around? Dude, Uh, how how crazy is it too that Cameron Poe's just hitching a ride to go home? Yeah, they're like, oh, Cameron Poe, he's an American hero and insane. This is like, you could pick this movie apart in like a thousand different ways. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know this, like objectively, this isn't as good of a movie as The Rock, but damn it, is it just a fun time? Like Cameron Poe is literally, it's the day that he's getting out and he could just ride the bus and he's like, no, I'll just tag along on this plane with like it's, the worst criminals in society. It's my daughter's birthday, July 14th. <laughs> my God, I'm going to get home to her. This is a low-key one of the, one of the better all-in-a-day movies, except, hey. for, except for the very beginning, of course, because right, there yeah. are 10 years. Oh. <laughs> it still counts. Like... Whenever the title card hits going forward, it's all yeah, it's day. it's one it's it's basically dazed and confused. <laughs> it's yeah, essentially the same thing. So yeah, this I okay, so the everything before they take over the plane, I think is like kind of bad 
in yes, my opinion. That, no, no, that's correct. It's like it's it, it was set up for a movie that I thought was going to be worse. And then yeah. once things get going, I loved it so much. Right. Like yeah, I love yeah, this it's, movie. It's a it, rocky it start. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was sitting there watching it. And I was like the part where Nick Cage is like, thank you for sending me them pink snowballs. I love them pink snowballs. <laughs> I was like, no, he's oh right. man. He's writing the letters and there's like a prison riot behind him. Like <laughs> shit's on fire. I like, I want to see just that movie. The like give me just flying that. through the hallway. Like what? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, Michael he, Bay's shooting something else in the background there. I, I would assume that some of his uh, dialect choices were his own because he always insists on changing shit. And he, that bugged me that he couldn't figure out how smart the guy should sound because <laughs> sometimes he you know he can speak very intelligently and then other times yeah. it is, it's forrest gump well he it's lived like, in alabama apparently to like learn the accent like rather than just getting a dialect oh coach he just moved to alabama is what I heard. So, he rocks no i love him um yeah that that rules he he tried to like blend in and they were like you're you're nick cage your film's nick cage look at your hair it's blowing in the wind (laughs) in slow motion that shot whenever he gets off of the bus Uh, and the hair is just blowing everywhere and they show that shot in two different angles yeah and and they really show and they show his hair blowing in the wind a bunch of times (laughs) yeah and him like sort of smiling Um, um steve buscemi um as like uh dollar store hannibal lecter (laughs) yeah that's obviously that's what they're drawing from i mentioned that the rock also draws from uh silence of the lambs but a lot more overtly and like throughout the movie this is just straight up just taking the equipment used to restrain him and then underneath it is (laughs) steve buscemi who's really funny yeah um, he doesn't he, get that much to do I, in the movie. He I, has like that one scene where he's like, he can't help himself but be like a fucking creep. Yeah, dude, and that then one that, scene, I thought it was gonna go a lot darker. Especially you see him come back holding the doll, and I was yeah. like, oh no. Yeah, but you, you, I don't know. I just knew because this isn't like that type of movie. It's like this is a TBS classic. No, not like, that it was gonna like show something, but no, just like yeah. knowing like, oh yeah, he like yeah. murdered that child, and then you see her again, you're like, okay. I was, I was kind of shocked to see the little go- girl because i i remember seeing this movie when i was younger and for some reason that bit like stayed with me and i thought that it was like that it went the way of him killing her like in my mind that's how it stayed and then i saw a little girl i was like oh i remember that totally different um i i like i do like uh it's it's pretty clever how they justify the fact that they took over the plane which is like you know, there's secretly a guy with a wire and a gun, even though he was instructed not to like Cole Meany just went over Cusack's head and did it anyway. Chappelle takes that thing out of his like esophagus. Yeah, there's multiple is. prisoners that stick like fucking like pins. Yeah, that's that's what's more outlandish is like all of these prisoners are so ready to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. even though they didn't know about the wire. <laughs> well, that's that's another thing about the movie is like they're I. I think this might have been another like cut thing, but there's that moment with John Cusack discovering that Malkovich had like a whole layout of the plane. Yeah. And a, and a whole bomb. Like, plant. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys die opening the plane. Yeah. <laughs> that was insane. So that was a bit where I felt like, oh, the movie's like rushing through some beats that were probably part of some other stuff that had to get cut to make the movie like as lean as possible Dude, it's so, it's like the ultimate just turn your brain off yeah. movie like you just exactly. you just have to 
Yeah. And they give you, I mean, they give you enough to be able to still uh, have fun with it because sometimes I struggle with, with these kinds of movies um, that I turn my brain off too much and I just don't care at all. Um, Cause I, I need, I need just a little bit to care. Right. And in this movie, um, they give you enough where I found myself like rooting for these criminals to get away. You know, yeah. when they're, when, when they land this plane and they are like taking off in a rush because they're about to get caught. I was like, let's go like take off. Come on, I, do it. I think that this movie does a way better job of establishing characters than the rock does. I hate to keep just comparing these two movies. Uh, it's just cause it's so fresh on the mind and they're both Brock, like stupid action yeah. movies. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you get to know human beings a lot more in this movie, even though they're all, you know, pretty broad, uh, stereotypes of what a criminal is. I'm sure a lot of characters too, man. Yeah. So many. Yeah. A lot of the time you'll just like, someone will have a line on the plane and you're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. (laughs) It'll just be some old guy. Danny Trejo's in this movie. Yeah. Danny Trejo is, uh, raped 23 women. John at least. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I do think that, at the time people were comparing the two movies too, because it they're only a year apart. So, it, you know, it was fresh on the mind then. Yeah. Too. Well, and it's also like, you know, these, all these nineties movies, they harken back to the eighties movies that predated them. Like, like the lethal weapon franchise yes. or like, like Die Hard, And both of those do a, a really solid job of establishing characters within like a very plotty framework. Oh God, you know, yeah, dude, Cage is so John McClane in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, straight up, even down to the tank top. <laughs> I was gonna say that's kind of stepping on uh, my recaging couch, but that was this Bruce is, Willis was the first person to come to mind for me. Yeah, for someone like this is a Bruce Willis role. This yeah. this movie is it's snakes on a plane, but the snakes are some of Hollywood's brightest stars. <laughs> also, John McTiernan would have like directed the fuck out of this movie. Absolutely, it would have been yeah. so good. He he would have slayed this fucking movie. <laughs> Chappelle is uh, flirting really hard during this scene here when it's uh, the plane is when they chilling. yeah when they get to like uh, they stop for the first time to like pick up more prisoners because they have to add in Swamp Thing um, yeah. MC Ganey he's who, a pilot I just yeah I and and they they switch out the transponders that's right which right. I think is again that's a really clever, you know, fun yeah. cool screenwriting thing that you would do in a big broad movie I will. Just, I mean, the movie like bounces back pretty quickly, but I was pretty bummed to see Chappelle go out so early. Like so Michelle early, is yeah. gone, or uh, Chappelle is gone at like the forty-five minute mark of this movie. Yeah, he's he's got my favorite line of the entire movie though. It's when they're like patting everyone down and they they ask to see inside his mouth. He's like, "Oh man, it smells like someone took a shit inside your mouth." Yeah. And Chappelle goes, "He told me he loved me." <laughs> so good, <laughs> so great. That's that's classic Chappelle too. I I feel like that's one of those ad lib moments. It's got to be. Really, it really flows. Um, but yeah, like I just mentioned, like I'm I'm two beers in watching this movie, and I'm like rooting hardcore for these criminals. Yeah, to get this away is with this it. is a great like three beer Nirvana movie. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, I was given plasma while just watching this movie again. And this is a great plasma movie. Just like, like a top five plasma movies. All our listeners are going to go and donate plasma now. Hey, look, hey, number one, a Serbian film. (laughs) 
Um, but no, one of the reasons why the movie doesn't really struggle after Chappelle leaves is because of Bushimi. Whenever Bushimi comes up, and he just like for a while, it just shows him he doesn't say anything. Yeah, I was like, is Bushimi just like silent? <laughs> is he just there, just beast? Which would have been really funny if I, it just his eyes dude, are acting the whole movie. He's basically his character from Billy Madison. In yeah, this movie. very much. He you know, except he he acted out his people to kill list. Yeah, <laughs> that character gets to do so. He gets to do so much more in Billy Madison, though. Like, well, he, he gets, gets just really- two scenes. Yeah, he gets uh, putting on the lipstick and then shooting Eric in the ass. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> more than uh, him doing Billy Madison, uh, McKelty Williams, especially at the end. McKelty Williamson uh, is just doing Bubba, especially his like yes, death scene. Exactly. Yeah, the, his mannerisms and his face, like the way that he acts with his lips and Dude, everything. So while he's similar. There, it's just like he's just doing Bubba Gump again. <laughs> like, I mean, don't get me I wrong. Mean, I really trope, love McKelty Williamson. The but. trope of like the black sidekick friend that has to die for the <laughs> white hero to live is just like. Dude, yeah, like and everyone in the 90s like yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, right. th- they're like it's it's like uh cusack cage and bubba are like the only three like non-racist characters in this movie <laughs> yeah like, Col- Col- <laughs> Meany has said hard r before <laughs> like it's uh, real life like what's so. what's the one bit when uh chappelle's like hey man you didn't really mean it when you said the n-word earlier and then uh, John or uh, uh, John Malkovich, like, give me the gun, and he takes the gun from him. He's like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get a gun, the gun out of his hands. It, first. Yeah, we haven't talked to the, about Ving Rhames. I think he's fun. Ving Rhames is fun. I like Ving Rhames a lot. Yeah. In this movie. He's like also a, really racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What's, what's his introduction? They're like he started some sort of like anti-white something yeah oh he my wrote god a his book in prison he wrote and a denzel book in is being yeah. eyed for the lead <laughs> that's a great fucking joke during the scouting report scene that they have there this is like a good little run for ving rames here in the 90s i'm pulling up the order well, of is, these this movies. is the same year as mission impossible yes right? the same year as mission impossible pulp fiction was three years earlier uh kiss of death uh actually mission impossible was the year prior to this mission impossible is 96 mm, that's crazy um, but then Body Count and Out of Sight uh, are in 98. Bringing Out the Dead, another Nick Cage joint in 99. Why didn't we get Con Air 2? I don't know what be? you would do with it. Yeah. It's Cusack and Cage taking down Riding the bad bikes. guys. Well, <laughs> the way that you would have done Con Air 2 is if there wasn't that last 10 minutes of this movie. And if... Um, if it Malkovich gets away. No, well, like literally... escapes, but he's the only Yeah, one. I think that little girl taught him how to be a good boy, though. <laughs> I don't. I think you guys are both giving way too many, too much credit uh, to these prisoners. No, just I just want to remind you guys that Danny Trejo was fully ready to just rape a uh, guard on the plane. Uh, I was not was cheering insane. for that man to escape. That was wild. I. By the way, it is. It was like very slightly like woke or you're a little modern that they gave that guard character some agency and she saves herself by the end yeah yeah yeah. Mm. um i actually kind of liked her character like that is a character that's normally a throwaway in a movie like this who's just kind of damsel in distress the whole time but uh, it's like bare minimum rachel tikatin no i mean mostly in her performance like i thought that she was actually really good i recognize her from a total recall actually they, mm. they also do that line where uh malkovich is like you know obviously he's like pro crime they make it like very obvious that he's pro doing bad things yeah. but even even rapists are like scum to him he's like that you're between cockroaches and the white shit that accumulates in your mouth when you're thirsty Woo. That's Woo. A 
good line. What a line. What a line. There, there are a lot of really fun lines. In this I, movie, I like man. Steve Buscemi just like talking about like just like sociology and shit like that. Yeah. Are happening. It's so it's such a good uh, trope. Just talking. Name just your like, cliche. Yeah. The really smart uh, criminal is just like most people don't kill because of the desire they kill to survive. Yeah. And just the this like the awful like Gen X trope. Like, huh, you know, what's crazy to me is working a freaking job for 50 yeah. years and then it's yeah. the heat <laughs> oh my it's, it's, god it's literally the same thing as heat a couple years earlier there's like what do you want to do have uh cookouts and go to ball games yeah people be a criminal people didn't know that they were unhappy until the late 80s right. people were deeply unhappy before that but they didn't know until yeah greed is he, good dude he's got a great line too when he's like define irony listening to a band who died in a plane crash on a plane when like dude the sweet home alabama needle drops so great when they make the escape yeah it's like the escape sweet home alabama and then they reveal that the little girl's not dead all at once it's like oh fuck <laughs> yeah some good overwhelmed there. right now <laughs> what would have been never you know what never mind i was gonna no, like, go ahead. No, no, no I'm speak not, on it. Speak on what you're saying. I refuse. Um, <laughs> Would they reveal the little girl's dead while Sweet Home Alabama's playing? No, I'm just saying it would have been it would have been darker than killing her if she runs out of the house crying. <laughs> oh man! Oh, no, so I didn't. I didn't was, want to say it. That was where I thought it was going. I didn't like, want to fucking man, say it, man. Look. Even if they don't explicitly go into detail of all of Steve Buscemi's crimes, if a man looks like Steve Buscemi is like talking to a small child, like I fear the worst. It's also it's like, a very effective scene. It is. It's, Why is that little girl in the middle of a desert in an empty dude, swimming okay, pool? So no. that was my whole thing. They said that they were 45 minutes away in yeah. any direction from any kind of lawn. No, I, okay. I bet I know though. I bet it's because this was an airfield. And therefore, it has a, like water and power going to it, and so like they just put like a, a mobile home park. Yeah, there. like a trailer. Yeah, because park. they yeah. have like the plumbing to get water out there. Whereas like in most of the desert, there's no water. But it's not up at all. And you see Bushimi just walking away, and he just like happens upon a house with a pool. Well, yeah, that's like, another what? that's another uh, poor direction thing where you're like, where? What is this place? <laughs> yeah. It's every. It's a war zone. It's, and it's a junkyard. <laughs> I want to talk about just. Why is there that much gasoline just all over yeah, the place? Full propane There's tank. A giant tank that just says in huge bold block letters propane. There's also just a gas station there. There's so many explosions. There's a restaurant. In this At one point, there's a plate full of food in front of Nick Cage. And this is an abandoned place. So yeah. why is there just food Wait, there? Wait, hold on though. I, I want to go back. Uh, those are very valid questions. Uh, what did you guys think about the action direction in the dust storm in Carson city, because I thought that that was actually pretty, yeah. very legible for yeah, what it was. Good. Like yeah. I, I was kind of shocked at how well done it was. The costumes look good too. How they kind of like disguise the, the um, guards as uh, the prisoners yeah, and, and then they disguise themselves. Yeah. There's the a ton of sneaking and a ton of like character switch ups and like you follow it all. Like it was, it was pretty impressive to me, especially considering of- how crazy, how much dust they were like shooting through the air. Kind of wild, though, that Cyrus is like this notorious, like super famous serial killer and like nobody knows it's him and he doesn't even have his mask on. He like takes it off. Mm-hmm. He, he could like, why didn't he just keep put it on, on like put on some <laughs> aviators man he had a hat he had a hat and like <laughs> clear sunglasses uh, look i can i couldn't recognize any of you guys if you had a hat on yeah <laughs> the the next uh note i have is uh the the Chappelle corpse puppet that's like <laughs> stuck in the in the landing gear 
I was like, huh, why, why a puppet? That was, that was a fake yeah. Chappelle, right? Yeah, that was not. Uh, oh, it's because um, the real Dave Chappelle refused to die <laughs> for the movie. Um, no, but another just like huge, if we're just going to pick this movie apart, if you drop a body out from like 20,000 feet above the air, it's going to explode. The air, it's going to explode yeah. when that shit hits. It won't just be like nice and legible, just like break some people's car like fuck up their hood a little bit and then it'll still just be like eligible just like this full thing full sentence of like call this dea agent he will help us we are that here he wrote out like a paragraph yeah, on this sharpie it's like oh okay good good to know I like when uh ving ring rames character catches him and it's like this like stupidest fake out ever he's like hey po and he's like oh shit i'm caught and he goes i'm fucking with you let's go he's got a gun pointed at him hurry up man um that that is an example though of a great diehard uh thing is him him figuring out that if he dumps the body over yeah. a major area like he could send a message just like you know how uh, uh, what's his name has to send messages to the cops in the John yeah. yeah like he has to drop the body on the car outside of the building and everything so they don't come inside yeah yeah um there is the crouch fight also happens here where Nick Cage uh, accidentally kills another man. Um, you have the quote. <laughs> well, I, have, Billy. I have a quote. So we're, we're going to do uh, best Cage quotes at the end, but I, I'll just say it now. I said, put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> and then the, <laughs> then the fight happens. The crouch fight. And then he kills him and he says, why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? Dude, that scene is straight out of Commando. Like, literally. Like, remember when he pushes Bennett on the thing, and then he even gets a one-liner after, he's like, let off some steam, Bennett. Like, it's literally the same thing. Pushes a guy through an open pipe that's, like, spewing steam by accident, really, and then let, says a one-liner. I was like, holy shit, it's literally Arnold, Commando, but crouched. Arnold was the king of one-liners, man. Like, nobody could he, do He can't memorize more than one line. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that. There is a almost a commando style death, uh, skipping ahead to the end, but uh, just uh, the death scene of John Malkovich's side so is just like the most <laughs> over the top shit ever. Like it yeah. doesn't even make sense, but we'll get to that. Well, this bit. next sequence of the plane, like over this Nevada desert, um, I think it looks really great. Like yeah. I think this section is like considerably better directed than everything that comes before it in the movie like it looks like a real plane it's like crashing into shit um it's just it's just a really good time and the music sounds like a arcade video game like a racing arcade game um it, it, it's just got like this like guitar shredding going you're on. right it, it does it sounds like like burning up like los angeles or I was whatever curious. so this is a simon west's first feature-length film he had directed some music videos and like commercials before this but this is his feature like why did so he, maybe it's like a why thing did of, he like, get this wet uh, it absolutely it. is like it's a matter of just being out of your depth in certain areas and like you know scheduling uh crunches where like clearly at points he had more time to shoot than other scenes why did but why did he get this as his first feature that's such like a I don't know. Like a more current thing to do. There's there's some scenes in this movie that I thought were like really poorly directed, but 
this section I really liked. And we get Cage looking beefy in that tank top, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Also, Danny Trejo takes his shirt off too, which I thought was nice. <laughs> waves it around. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, oh, we got company. Yeah. I do have, so he says that he has actually, this is probably uh, not even worth discussing. He says that he has raped 600 women, but he only has 23 hearts. So do we believe the 600 count? I hope not. I hope I, not I either, but like, I don't, I, <laughs> I mean, he, in the movie, he seemingly tries to rape every woman he sees, even though he just sees one, but. He he's, immediately goes yeah. right for her. He's very productive. Dude, like immediately. Like it's his first thought. He's like, there's a woman. I have to rape this woman. And they're like, can we like escape, please? Can you just please not rape someone for oh, like two yeah, hours for us to get to freedom? <laughs> it's like a nervous tick he has. <laughs> yeah, he's like just rapes animal. women when he's uncomfortable. John Malkovich is just like, it's so easy to just not rape a woman. Like it's harder. You're exerting more energy by trying to rape a person than you would if you just didn't. Woof. Um, Buscemi too. Like, I mean, not with the rape, but just with being a creepy serial killer murderer guy. Like he can't him he can't help himself either, which so, is why that scene is so like off-putting. So Cyrus is a serial killer as well. No. Is he, no, it seems like he's much more of a big picture guy, right? Cyrus, like I a mean, domestic they terrorist. Say, they yeah, say he's that, more of the planner. They say he's killed more people than cancer, so he is a serial killer. Well, but I mean, what is Cyrus he fucking like Mao Zedong then? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what, what did he do? You know what I mean? Because, yeah, he he doesn't fit the type of serial killer. Like, he he's smart. Yeah, he it feels like he'd be a guy who would like sell nuclear weapons to like the Middle East or something, you know. I How did know. you find the Conair wiki, Hunter? Um, I just looked up. Uh, uh, Do you mean the Wikipedia article? No, no, no. It's I. It's, it's a thing. Look, it's Conair wiki. They have their own wiki. Because oh. uh, I looked up something about pinball uh, about Dave Chappelle's character. Is there a page? Kind of is there a there. page for Cyrus the virus that gives us like? His I, yeah, can we can we see the breakdown of? Uh, yeah, but it's all like fan theory, like fanfic. It's super annoying too that the title isn't one word or hyphenated. Like, why is it con space air? Is it's con convict? Yeah, I, it, I, should I, be, I, it should be. Yeah, he knows yeah. that. <laughs> um, actually, thank you, Ernest. Hidden <laughs> <laughs> Easter eggs. <laughs> like, all right, so like, like an actual airline, it would never just be like a word and then air. It should, yeah, it should be That's capital C, hyphen, lowercase yeah. o n. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No space, capital A, lowercase ir. Shitty brand. more sense. But then, you know why? Because that is the name of a brand. Uh, like, that, like hair oh, supplies or something. That's right. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like it, like curling irons and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they probably couldn't get away with that. Not a great movie to be associated with hair products. He, no. <laughs> I mean, I, he, hey, he Nick hair. his hair. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty beautiful. They're also, there needs to be a name because it. you said mullet earlier. It's... I don't think it, it, no, it can't count as a full. mullet if it's just a guy with long just hair. Who's, balding, who's balding. Yeah. 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 Cause it's just, it, it's very thin up top. A, a mullet is, long a mullet is by choice. <laughs> I yeah. see it. Well, because uh, of the place uh, of my former employer, whenever I used to work at a bowling alley, um, there is one guy in particular who has this exact hairstyle. It doesn't look nearly as good. It's what this kind of hairstyle would look like in real life. If it Same were not length. a wig. Um, yeah, like same length, 
like he thinks that it's long and flowing. He probably thinks that he is doing a Cameron Poe, but in reality, it's like you can see the top of his scalp and just won't won't leave the glory days behind him. I I, I think Cage makes it work. Like he yeah. looks good. It's iconic. Yeah, it's it elevates the cage rating for me. When is we'll there ever? That. Well, that's why I love watching him and seeing him in these movies because it's it, like uh, directors and like ev- like every department has to essentially be flexible to the fact that it's not Schwarzenegger or, or Bruce Willis or whoever in this role. They have to figure out the hair for Nick Cage, <laughs> like, and he is inherently a very weird looking man. So how do we accentuate that? We got to do something weird, you know. He um he gets another nice quote in the next scene where he's facing off against these like random guys. I, I had no idea who these guys were that were like working on the second plane that they were going to get on. Um, but uh, the, the guy like puts a silencer on the gun before he's going to shoot cage. And he says, well, hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. <laughs> I didn't even try to do the Alabama there. Um, he didn't so, either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was the scene where he tried to put like a Georgia gentleman kind of drawn. Yeah, almost like that sweet southern molasses. Yeah. And then he faces off against Cusack and he does the whole she's my humming. Which I, I, I thought that was was super cool. Yeah. And again, that it's yet another diehard thing of like the two allies who haven't met until the end. But it, it, it has an added twist to it because they like are still sort of, you know, they're not at ease with each other. Yeah. Um and yeah, they, he meets Larkin. Larkin has a gun pointed at him. He's like, come back, man. Like, you, okay, it's me. You can leave now. And he's like, no, nah, it's okay. I'm getting back on that plane. Who do we I think the, the other guy is? He says, I trust two men. One's me. The other ain't you. That is an awesome question. God. Is it I God? I think God. it is because yeah. there's that also that other line that is the most cornball shit ever where uh, McKelty Williamson is just like, I just, I don't believe that there is a God. And he, Nick Cage walks away and says, do you have it? I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show you. God does exist. I think uh, it's God, Uncle Sam, or Jesus Christ, or like his uh, his commander in the army. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. It's got to be God. Like, come on, this is a yeah. This is an Alabama guy. Um. So uh, you're. I think whoever said it was right that a lot of a lot of the table setting with the marshals you know fighting with the other like cop fed types is is a little much but cusack like discovering that the plane's been hijacked and then that leading to the bomb going off in malkovich's prison cell Mm -hmm. which then like in turn leads to cusack just absolutely bum rushing (laughs) out to this airfield uh, a little later. I I love all that. Like I, I love uh, Cusack on the run in this movie, basically. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why he doesn't work for me. It it's just because of 2012, work. man. You need to, you're brainwashed. <sighs> you, yeah. you gotta do something. I mean, theaters. I like, I like 80s uh, John Cusack a lot. Like say anything, say anything kind of era John He's Cusack. The same fucking guy. I, I don't think so. Literally you don't like think, him in a hot tub so. time machine? Yo, not some time. Machine. Yeah, he is fun. No, I'm like, I, I don't have anything against John Cusack. Like, I like him in some stuff and other stuff. I'm like, eh, like this is kind of I'm somewhere in between. Eh, and I like him in this movie. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm I think sure he's, he's like, a fine I think he's pretty guy. Solid. I, Reading uh, Robert Downey Jr. was originally uh, like chosen to play this role kind of bummed me out because I'm just thinking of Robert Downey Jr. in this role. And I think it's a better movie. I think maybe in 97, he's not quite ready for it. You know, he he um. 
he becomes John Malkovich. He goes into John Malkovich. That, I mean, he is unbelievable right. in being John Malkovich. That's that's a he great. Incredible what the, come on, guys. I'm not. I'm, I'm not talking shit about John about uh, John Cusack. I mean, that's more of a Spike Jones thing. He just <laughs> he just knows how to use his shittiness to his advantage. Oh, whatever. <laughs> that's so fucking annoying. man. I actually I had Cusack to come up on the pod uh, next week, <laughs> but I guess I'm gonna have to cancel. I'm it. I'm literally I'm erasing my note I wrote right now that literally just says I like John Cusack IDC. <laughs> Guess it doesn't. Uh, the next note I wrote after that was the the convict who pilots the plane, pretty good. The animal <laughs> pretty, house dude. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty good um, pilot. Like not not acting. That guy, <laughs> that landing is is yeah. fucking tough. He does some pretty tricky maneuvers. Yeah. Um. So in real life, they probably kill like what like five thousand people in on Vegas? the strip of Vegas, but <laughs> the he, blood. <laughs> he still is able to land it pretty well. I love MC Ganey. Uh, of course, of Wild Hogs fame, and it's, of it's uh, kind of, the Dukes of Hazard movie from two thousand five. It's wild to like think like reading the script. Like, all right, we got to land a fucking huge airplane on the vegas strip it's like okay yeah that's the end of the movie it's like no they no. were getting on a fire truck and we're gonna yeah, go to yeah it's, it's like wait what ostensibly if the movie wanted to be 90 minutes it really could have it could have it should have at the second stop at the airfield yeah. things could have wrapped up and then we could have just cut to him yeah, uh, at we, home it's like a war zone sequence yeah that's that's a 90 minute movie gets you and gets you out maybe a hundred um, I like that we get the Vegas stuff because it that's what makes it into a huge, huge 90s movie. Like that's yeah. a lot of budget comes in in that last like half hour or so. Yeah. I mean, this movie right. honestly d- doesn't have as big of a budget as I thought. It has quite a lot of box office though. Yeah, 75 million. Yeah, and but it made 224 worldwide, uh, which is crazy because like nowadays that would be considered like way, way underperforming. But in 97, that was huge. Um, not like top 10 of the year. Huge. But for an original film, an original yeah. action movie. So uh, are we getting into Vegas? Well, before before we dive into that, I had a couple more notes about the, um, the whole kind of junkyard uh, airstrip war zone abandoned uh, uh, mobile home uh, neighborhood sort of area. Um, we get a lot of sweet ass, cool guys don't look at explosions. Oh, uh, so much shots dude. from everybody, from Cage, from Malkovich, from there's there's like this one shot where like the whole boys squad is walking away yeah. from an explosion. There's it, another shot where like Cage is jumping from an explosion. <laughs> there's another shot where like Cusack is it gets like thrown back by an explosion. Just so many explosions during this whole thing, dude. Yeah. I love when Cusack gets thrown back by the explosion from the. It's not, it's not an explosion. It's, it's the jet coming on, right? That's what it the is. The engine, yeah. and then like it cuts away, and he gets back up, and his shirt just has like a little black spot on it, <laughs> like the tiniest <laughs> little bit of like ash. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Wow, my shirt!" I there's so his much- shirt got singed. <laughs> There's so much like needless daredevil uh, tactics in this movie, like um, the there's a moment I think that it's Cage at the very end of the Vegas scene where like he could have just jumped off at any point from this uh, this uh, fire truck as it's speeding away, but he waits until the last possible minute so that he can be propelled forward by its explosion. 
<laughs> oh, I, love it. I love it. I do have another quote that I wanted to, to read. It's uh, it's another Cage quote. He goes, Cage, by the way, you should call them readings. Okay, uh, a reading. <laughs> yeah, Nick Cage reading. It's not exactly my ties and Yahtzee out here. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking. Um, so hold, hold on. Another uh, screenplay thing that I genuinely do like is uh, Cage getting in with Malkovich, like becoming actually like pretty liked by Malkovich and trusted by actually dispensing good advice when what he's really just trying to do is save innocent people. Because um, he does it twice. Ving Rames is onto him, obviously. Uh, but he's correct. He's like, why would we kill our leverage right now? Like, that's true. <laughs> um, so that's that's a very clever way to establish that he is like warming his way into the inner circle. Another another bit with this um, sequence here is I thought that even with Malkovich doing like the little plan layout thing where he explains like what they're going to do, the scene still doesn't have like a good sense of geography. Like you don't know exactly. It is like a very kind of contained space, just this one, you know, little strip that they built out here. But it is kind of like a lot of things happening all over the place. And you still you don't really know like where things are yeah if only if only it's still cool if only there were some sort of opportunity to get i don't know overhead plane shots of the area (laughs) (laughs) something crazy to establish the scene it's messy yeah another uh thought that i had while watching this movie uh that wouldn't i don't know why uh questions weren't asked for like the two hours when this guy was missing um so after uh uh William uh, Billy Bedlam is murdered by Nick Cage. He's just missing. He's one of like the five VIP uh, passengers on this plane of being like bad bats. Nobody notices that that dude's just like gone. Right. Like nobody asks any questions and it takes like, I don't know, like at least two, three hours of in movie time for them to like be like, huh, where is that guy? Oh, he's dead. Huh. (laughs) wonder what's up with that like it just don't doesn't go anywhere shouldn't um, you like keep an eye out for that guy so the the next big thing that happens is the the plane takes off again they're on their way to vegas and cage wraps this cable from the plane to a hook that is supposed to keep the plane from taking off but it just destroys this like cement column that it's attached to and then it hooks onto the car and the car is like flying behind the plane. I love as that. it's taking off. I, I love that so much. And uh, he says, uh, he looks back and sees the plane flying or the car f- flying behind the plane, and he says, "Any other day, that might have seemed strange." <laughs> <laughs> Come on, um, come on! It's yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and then we basically get to like the final stretch of the movie. Um, Malkovich is going off in this whole thing. He's holding the bunny. He's pointing a gun at it. He says, <laughs> make a move and the bunny gets it, which is like the line of the movie for me, but it's not a cage line. So it, Malkovich, he, he, he just knows what kind of energy to bring here. It's, it's great. It's a great shot too, with uh, the helicopter kind of like rises in the background when he's holding the bunny. Yeah. <laughs> it's good super stuff. cinematic for being as cheesy as it is. Uh, then it's the moment that you shouted out earlier, Jake, with uh, 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 Cage basically like taking control of this plane and he gets shot in the arm, totally unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks right through a bullet like it's fucking nothing, not even flinching. Mm-hmm. 
And then, yeah, then we get to Vegas. They land the the plane on the strip and it just destroys everything in its path. Some pretty <laughs> brutal CG here, even though they use utilize miniatures really heavily. There's still a couple of shots with some really, really bad CG. Mm-hmm. It's a shame like the dude from Animal House is like a rapist or murderer or whatever, because he would have a like fruitful career as a pilot. Like he's insanely talented. He really he could have just done he would have been like Sully. He could have just done appearances for the rest of his life. Yeah, or like could have gone on Wendy Williams. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kind of invert the bird. (laughs) I another uh thought that I had while watching this is why is the military just like flying Nick Cage's wife and child around with them wherever they go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like it's, we're chasing after him. Do you want to like come by? Like we might, your husband might just get like blown up out of the sky, but like you would just tackle. It's the same case. as the rock. Why is his <laughs> girlfriend in the control room where they're setting off yeah. bombs? What's happening here? on his daughter's birthday? Nonetheless, yeah. July 14th. Yeah, really. You're like the amount of trauma you're giving her, even if he is alive, which he is, he is stinky and gross when they meet. She shouldn't hug him. The only thing uh, that this movie was missing was a line at the very end where Nick Cage is just like, I bet you'll never forget this birthday. (sighs) (laughs) It was going to be a crazy day. And that, but like we mentioned, then uh, after the whole plane thing, which by the way, Christopher Nolan wishes that he could pull something like this off. It's fucking uh, plane crashing shenanigans. Um, We get the on the bikes chasing the fire truck with Malkovich dying. And let's let's see if we can touch every moment of this death because he gets it's so and so. So Malkovich (laughs) is on top of this. A lot had to go right for this to happen. (laughs) It it doesn't make sense to me. Before it it even happens, he's on top of this fire truck with a harpoon. He's (laughs) how did he get this? It doesn't matter. It's like a sharpened stick. It looks like a like he's like Ahab. (laughs) (laughs) He's like trying to get the whale uh, that is Nick Cage. That thing's fucking sharp, too. Yeah. Uh, and then Cusack has to, you know, try to get his hit too with the axe, but he's going after the the driver. Um, but Cage like breaks the harpoon and stabs him in the ankle. Yeah, with through sh- really through the leg. Yeah, that. <laughs> how strong is he? He's by his weapon. Yeah, with one arm, which is the shot arm, mm. and then stabs him with the good arm. That it it rocks. I want to see this man in active combat. So, I want to see this dude like this is Captain and then, America. So then, yeah, why does this guy not that? have like twenty purple hearts? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they, uh, so then Cusack like floods the driver cockpit of the fire truck, at, which causes the um, fire truck to like crash. Well, then they like elevate yeah. the the ladder that. Balkovich is on so that when it crashes, he flies through the window out the other side and then into the power line, gets electrocuted, and then falls into like a cement conveyor belt thing. Yeah, he's at like he's at the conveyor belt right right by the face strip. It's like a Looney Tunes death. Like it's nonsense. What's happening? He goes goes down to the old rock factory. (laughs) It's his skull crushed by this like cement pounder uh, like a fucking hydraulic press <laughs> Dude, maybe like, 
Malkovich had it in the contract. Like, if I'm going to be the big bad for this movie and I have to have a death scene, you have to give me like 12. Death it will scenes. be a, it will be 10 minutes long. You know, what's you know, it's super annoying is like, remember how I said that, like everything in this movie has a callback. Like, how annoying is that there's not a line of dialogue where like Nick Cage is like, give me the bunny back. And he'll be say something like, if you get this bunny back, I'll get my head crushed in a rock quarry in the big <laughs> strip or something like that. Yeah. And then it would have a payoff. But it just comes yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> I bet maybe if we watch hard enough, there's like some scene in the beginning where he's like, someone asked him a question. He's like, what is your quarry? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. All of that rules. Like I said, though, there are so many moments that should be the end and then it just keeps going, which that, that does happen in a lot of movies, particularly action movies that are trying to wrap up. The, the reason I asked earlier about a sequel is because if it had ended with uh cusack and cage driving off on the motorcycles to chase malkovich then we get the second one yeah it directly right for sure also i i think part of the reason they did his death like that is they had to make cameron poe as like indirectly responsible for the death of cyrus as they could because you can't be like right. oh I'm, I'm getting out of jail and then being like, oh, well, I just killed another dude. <laughs> that's a, that's He's going to get back point. to that same judge and they're going to be like, you're getting 25 this time. <laughs> that's the his, sequel. His lawyer's like, listen, man, like you fucked I up. To do. <laughs> None I, of this was anyone I else's know, fault. I know he's a serial murderer and he was going to kill you and everyone else around you. But, but you're like, a registered you weapon. You should have known better. Yeah. <laughs> We've been through this. I had helped himself. Dude. His body is a weapon. <laughs> One of the best like unintentional comedy moments is like that after um, Cage and Cusack like get Cyrus and everything, they like high five. Like <laughs> so many people are dead. Like all the military people <laughs> from back in the desert. Yeah. Thousands of people in Vegas from well, when they landed this and, plane. And pre that, we have so many, ra- so much wrapping up pre them chasing Cyrus. Cause like we have uh, him, Cusack talking to Cole Mania and being like, hey, sorry about your fucking car or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then you get the line of like, Hey, next time take the bus. And she gives him a kiss on the cheek. I was that like, was weird. this is a random person. <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> He's an American hero. You know that this man has a wife. He's just said all day. I just want to get home to my wife and child. You could tell that neither of them wanted to do that kiss. <laughs> I think Nick Cage made her do the kiss. Oh, God. Nick Cage is just like, I'll oh. only kiss you if you pour hot you. Yeah. As well also kiss me. a woman who just like, nearly survived a rape like 15 minutes ago yeah kind of crazy she's she's had a she's had a day (laughs) she's having one what a crazy day yeah honey you wouldn't believe the day i just had this this is one of those movies where you really just i want to follow each individual character right after yeah like see like where do they go do they go to like the airport Um, most of them are dead yeah yeah danny Uh, trejo like his arm is chopped Oh. Um, John Cusack needs to be fucking fired. He's so bad at his job. He his whole thing, like the plane, is like his project, and it, it gets overtaken instantly. And even if the gun weren't on the plane, every individual prisoner had their own plan for. Yeah. for Dude, that's what really got me this time is how quickly the heist happens. It's like they're like barely got wheels off the ground, and they're like, "All right, let's go." Yeah, and <laughs> like they don't even know there's a gun. But like, e- even regardless, like when the plane took off. Even if there weren't a gun there, Dave Chappelle was gonna set a guy on fire. Yeah, <laughs> like that had nothing so, to do with this. The is the out. worst idea of all time. I was so is this all like pre-organized? Because we have like that shot of whenever or the scene whenever they're 
at uh, John Malkovich's cell and like they have the coder thing. So he did plan this out with Mal- the other prisoners. Yeah, I feel right. like that, that's a cut thing. Like that that must have been like some sort of cut subplot. I'm, no, I'm thinking maybe, but I think we're just left to assume like because also all the shit, all the shit that's in his cell. Yeah, like all that he has so many master yeah. plans in his cell. I, I would imagine that the other people know. I think it was all planned out, but like a lot had to go right. Like I, I think this is kind of something that had to be planned. Like Dave Chappelle's breath being bad had to be something because if not they would have seen the string in his mouth that has the the gasoline pack that's a good so, point yeah I didn't even stuff think like that, that. So yeah they're this, probably like, this hey, shit stop brushing your teeth <laughs> well there's that so it's easier to think that it was planned out between the people in the prison where i'm more confused is whenever we get to like swamp thing and they pick up prisoners from other jails how did how was john Nakovich able to get messages out to no. other prisons well i don't think they knew there's a scene where they're entering just... there's a scene where they're entering the i guess swamp thing knew or, well, or at the very it's... least malkovich knew swamp thing was gonna Remember, get it was on. the uh the spanish letters right with the the last supper eyes that's, cut out that's how they were communicating that's right yeah yeah they're, they're, there's coded messaging that they're doing yeah um and then some of them the also City. just didn't there were people getting on the plane being like oh shit you guys took this thing huh yeah and then she was like man shut the fuck up you're gonna get us caught yeah um okay so we're pretty much at the end of the movie here the last thing i wrote down is we get the tearful reunion this the the song drop it's amazing it's so funny one of the most 90s moments ever just like the reprise of uh how can i live without i really wanted a wild at heart moment where he's just like you guys have gotten along fine without me i'm gonna go and then yeah he goes back and he sings it and then he he goes and like violently kisses john cusack and they they ride (laughs) off on motorcycles um yeah, and it, it it looks nice too. It's uh, in front of this like gold, you know, glistening backdrop. Yeah, that's and, that's uh, why you end it in Vegas. Like the 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 glitz and glamour is there because we have the big action war zone shit. But this adds, you know, this adds another layer. Leaving Las Vegas, more uh, like landing a plane in Las Vegas. Okay, am I right? All um, right. Also, according to the Conair Wiki, uh, originally uh, Bruckheimer wanted to do the final scene in DC. And Vegas no. is a better Vegas. Yeah, it would not have been the same. What if they like crash the plane into the Pentagon? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> What's the legacy of this no, movie? Just, no, they, the movie would be. Buried. They fly the plane into the White House and it becomes White House down. Wow. Or Olympus has fallen. Just one yeah. Or they just they just go just, immediately. Or they like go straight into Tower Seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Malcolm that was bitch. the original plan and then like they did a tnt edit of yeah. the movie that became the thing since they're like oh we can't malkovich like it. gets off the phone with dick cheney and he's like ladies and gentlemen we got him um so <laughs> generally speaking though i really did like this movie i i think mm-hmm. that i think it was more clever than it needed to be um which is something that a lot of 90s action movies can't say uh to be honest like i i didn't i didn't get a lot of what the script had, I didn't get out of a movie, even like a independence day. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. this movie is clearly it it's batting above it's, it's uh it's average. You know what I mean? Like this game it's, it's going hard, even though like there's no reason for it to. So, something like independence day to me is just ticks a little bit higher just because it has that sci-fi tinge to it. And, that's subjectively to me i gravitate more towards well and i mean there's no denying that like most of these are shot better like you're right uh their directors much better suited to do this but uh i'm i lean more toward 
caring about uh, script over visuals. And, yeah. and I think that this one has a lot of movies of this vein uh, just edged out a bit. You know, I liked it's it. Like, it's like the ultimate, like, hungover, I'm going to eat $25 of Taco Bell movie. This, yeah, I, uh, I talk about like the vibe it gives me. A, a lot, actually. And this would be a great one on the list right. because this movie is really like a seven for me. It and that's goes a, down easy. You want to watch a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, my my double what's your double feature jake for hangover, a hangover day uh on the spot yeah it's on the spot uh probably hot rod for getting sarah marshall that's good. like that's I like to go yeah. comedy so if i'm hungover that's a great one i did i just uh it was a, a post second vax one for me but i think super bad is now in my hand. oh dude definitely that's a good one it's so just it's, a just a great hang it's so quotable and fun whenever i have like something really important and like to do uh the next day when i'm like anxious about it and i'm trying to calm down i always put on super bad the night before it's like my calm down movie because <laughs> it reminds me of like high school and like keeps me level that's yeah that's a really good i got i gotta rewatch it i haven't seen it in years it's it's, so good dude yeah it it holds up maybe not in uh you know it holds up in it's uh how uh brutally honest it is about what high school boys are and yeah it's just it's it's like a very timelessly funny movie even though most of movies like that are very stuck in their time yes it's it's like my high school movie too like so many people have their generations like high school movie i remember seeing that in high school i was in like 10th or 11th grade when that came out I guess 10th grade. And um, I just remember being like, yeah, this is, this is how we act. <laughs> yeah. We'll literally do anything to touch a boob. It might be, <laughs> might be Apatow's best. Oh wait, it's not Apatow. It's no. not Apatow. It's, no, it's, it's Greg Matola. It's the That's first right. uh, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg movie it, down. And it's so much about their childhood that they just didn't even bother changing the characters. Names. Yeah. They wrote it when they, they were, just said it. they wrote it when they were like, you know, 13, they started on it. Um, Anyway, though, yeah, that this this movie to me just like screams great hangover movie mm-hmm. that like something like Die Hard Lethal Weapon, I guess two is better than one, I think. My, uh, um, and then my well, my double feature is uh, Limitless and then Ratatouille. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's, uh, <laughs> Ratatouille is That's a, so you. incredible. Mine, mine uh, when you tweeted that, mine was because uh, you tweeted that around Christmas time. So mine was Christmas theme. Mine was Elf and Iron Man 3. <laughs> So, but had to keep it on. You guys, yeah, you theme. have to keep it on brand with your Shane Black in yeah. there. Dude, yeah. Dumb and Dumber is a good Hangover movie too. That is, that's, yeah. a, that's a, I, I that like to go sense. just like comedies that are like kind of comforting if I'm hungover. Yeah, you, I like. I would go like Napoleon Dynamite or Wet Hot for comedy, something like that. Yeah, yeah, because you get that like slight anxious feeling when you're hungover, so you need something kind of. Yeah, kill, kill that vibe. What about a uh, Step Brothers twice? <laughs> I've I was gonna say Step Brothers is also it might just, just be Step just Brothers back. super bad. <laughs> just... Boogie okay. Nights and then Step Brothers for the John C. Riley yeah. uh, evolution. John C. Riley experience. Steve's um, exploding right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw John C. Riley in something. I can't remember what. Um, but, um, that sounds great. Anyway. Um, oh, it was, um, yeah, it was uh walk hard. Oh, oh dude. One of my favorite hard is in there movies too, of man. all time. That Yeah. <laughs> very underrated there. There's a great ringer oral history of that movie. If you haven't read it or any, it, it rules yeah. like everything that you think about John C. Riley is true. Where like, they're like, yeah, he like led the troops with this one. He like, he's the one who 
got it made and then he's the one who got everyone to be yeah. into it wall it, cards in my top four on letterbox i don't know if you can see it oh yeah, yeah. no i actually was thinking about wall walk hard, hard when um while watching this movie when nick cage accidentally kills another man and there's like a little <laughs> bit of strings that come in it's just like oh no yeah yeah <laughs> i did it again yeah. a wrong kid died um the last Wrong kid <laughs> the last thing i wrote down about this movie is that i genuinely think uh, about con air is that uh nick cage's acting in that final scene when he's reunited with his daughter is incredible i think it's yeah. good man. like i was like holy fuck i i think i think I they'd love to have seen this level of performance throughout the whole movie but obviously that's not the kind of movie that it is that would have been weird well yeah because like also, I, also like the like the heartstrings moments earlier in the movie are between him and uh, whatever the crazy O or whatever the fuck. What's that guy's him? Uh, baby O. The, yeah, Baby O, the diabetic and uh, the prison guard. And those moments don't work a lot of the time. Yeah, because especially well, when that music the is Kelsey played. Williamson is like his whole character is just like, I'm diabetic and I'm going into shock for the entire movie. Yeah. It's all he does. It's, <laughs> it's literally all he does. It's insulin. And then, uh, and then he uses that as an excuse to take the blame for the tee off to the cops. And then that gets him shot and killed. And then uh, is he dead. Did he survive? I don't know. It's, I think he's dead. I think he died. Yeah. Yeah. If, if the rumor's true and cage actually went from con air to face off in 12 hours, the mental jump to go from Cameron Poe to Castro Troy is wild. Cameron yeah. Poe to John Travolta. <laughs> but like if it was, yeah, like, so face off is a weird one too, because Castro Troy is like out there. And then when he's trying to be John Travolta's, what is it? Sean Archer. Mm-hmm. When he's trying to be him, he's got to play two characters, obviously, but like to go from mild mannered Southern boy, Cameron Poe to, Castro Troy like in 12 hours like imagine that plane ride of him getting yeah. himself like jacked up to be Castro Troy <laughs> that's a movie right there that plane ride what Cage had to do to get in character I think I can imagine what that would look like <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me guess Malkovich <laughs> yeah. takes the plane um okay Malkovich Malkovich let's get to the Cage Agories so Cage Agories every episode of this series we're kind of looking at the movie through the lens of these uh, categories, categories, if you will, doing them a little bit on the fly tonight. Um, really, every time I kind of do these on the fly. Um, first one is best cage quote. So feel free to throw any out, um, Jake, that you think, and then we're gonna kind of each pick our favorite uh, quote. I already got one um, teed up. Uh, mine is. Um, don't treat women like that <laughs> as he's bashing one. Danny Trejo's face into the cage. Yeah. He, the plane. he fucks his ass up. Yeah. That's mine. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Love it. And then Malkovich is like, no, he's right. Um, just don't do it like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But there's so many others. I mean, I've, I've been trying to my, knock them all out throughout the pod. My, my favorite is the, uh, there's only two men I trust. One's me. The other's not you. That's, that, that's just such like an action movie thing. And then the, like the reprise of it, of course, mm-hmm. legendary. One of them I like, it's like as much a Danny Trejo moment as it is a Nick Cage moment where uh, he, Treo says, like, do you know what I am? And Cameron Pro is like, ugly all day. <laughs> <laughs> ugly all day. 
It's, it's just I don't know why. This movie is really fun. I, I kind of like uh, when he goes up to the 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 one guard and he takes the photo of his daughter back. He's like, I told you I'd be taking this back, and he goes like, "Fuck you, trailer trash." And he goes, "Hey, my mama lives in a trailer." That's a great one. Oh my god, I do love that one a lot. Oh, uh, it's so wholesome, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I've I've shouted out all, all my other uh, favorite ones throughout the the pod. I, mine's put the bunny back in the box. That is, yeah, that's, that would that's be my, my other favorite, pick. That's my favorite quote. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? Uh, Hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. Um, any other day, that might seem strange. That's a, Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good one for, for the case. That's, that's just a good movie quote. Yeah. You know, like there are a lot of just good movie quotes in this. Best cage moment. So this doesn't have to be a quote. I, I know mine. Go um, ahead. Mine is, we talked about it earlier, but it's whenever... Uh, uh McKelty Williamson is dying. He says uh the line about uh I'll prove to you that there is a God. And then he just walks with his hair just flowing. There's a little bit of wind blowing his hair. He gets shot, does not flinch, and then just goes up and he just is, fucking he is Christ. Yeah. Like he is Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, he's like there, yeah, because there's another shot around then that where he's backlit, like really luminous. Like he's just Jesus. Yeah. Um, Jesus looked like John McClane. My my favorite is at the airfield when shit is hitting the fan. It's like a full on machine gun fight, and it keeps cutting between that and then Cage, who is out in the open in slow motion through the war zone in very slow motion, and like you know, like tying the rope around the cement block and shit, and and like he's right with everything else but like whenever because of him it's pure slow motion then it cuts back to like there's one moment in particular where it's like he he the bullets are like pretty much whizzing right past him and the uh racing arcade game music is just shredding yeah that's mine too r.i.p yeah r.i.p joseph campbell you would have loved con air yeah You got a favorite moment? Uh, Dude, moments, it's it's got to be the iconic stepping off the bus, feeling the wind for the first time in seven that's, years. Yeah, that, that's the the gif of the movie. Yeah, that's perfect. It's so or good. the wink. The wink's good, too. The, the wink. wink to Ving Rhames. I do. Oh, also, the, the fist bump between him and Bubba, how awkward yeah. that was. <laughs> they're like, uh, do you want us to do another take of it? And they're like, no, 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 we got it. Let's go. We got it. Yeah, we nailed um, it. It's not a cage quote, but another one that I love is uh, when Buscemi's like first starts like talking and just like being his weird, creepy self. And he's talking about murdering the person. He says, uh, I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. <laughs> Good Buscemi oh, shit. my God. He, he, his character is like a Simpsons version of Anthony Hopkins and Silas of the Lambs. <laughs> like, he's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mal- Malkovich has so many great moments. In this movie, he gets like the bulk of the good. Moments. Yeah, he he pops off. I've never really seen him be this like perfect for a role before. Yeah, he knocks it out. Of the Except park. for maybe being John Malkovich because it's called that. Yeah, <laughs> so he's pretty perfect for that role. Malkovich. Um, good cage or bad cage? This is great cage. Yeah, you kidding me? I I do think that you could make the argument for bad cage because he does kind of like keep it really subdued throughout the most part. He doesn't really pop off. Well, we'll get to that in like the cageness of the movie. Yeah. This is definitely good cage. It's cornball cage, but he's really, he's, he's, I've never really 
seen him as, as likable at all until this movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this movie, I actually am rooting for him. Once Most other movies, I'm like, that's Nick Cage. So like, it's funny, but. He's a very underrated action star because he is a good actor who can also do the action thing. Right. He's full on hero in this role. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really, he's really doing it. Um, how many cages out of 10? So Jake, this is, this is a very uh, shaky foundation for a it's category. It's not about here. how good is this performance. It's about uh, on a scale from one to Vampire's Kiss, where is this in like the cageness? Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, for me, like the epitome of caginess would probably be Face Off. Or yeah, so that's, that's, that's like where my 10 would be. I am so excited for next week. <laughs> so he's not like, Great. he doesn't have the crazy zany cage moments in this. He's kind of like subdued cage. Yeah. So um yes, let's I'll probably just go let's just meet in the middle, just give it like a five, five point five, maybe. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm right about the same. I do think the hair bumps it up to like a six. I so I was gonna say that it's like a four, and then the hair bumps it up okay. to like a five or so. So yeah, kind of in that range. He's not going like straight. Like pure straight man. I don't know if we'll have a one uh, on this entire list. I feel like this is like probably one of the lowest yeah. ones. We'll see. Well, because <laughs> Cage, you know, brings the cage. Yeah, he's gonna bring the cage. He's later in his career, we could find a one. Yeah. Because he he starts phoning it in. He gets on pills or something. Yeah, we're we're leaving out the all of the zeros. He doesn't, and well, ones. he doesn't get on pills, but he gets on something that's a lot worse, which is like, me. Something like Family Man would be like down the bottom because he's yeah. he's not very cagey in that. He's just kind of like he's being a dad. Yeah, he's like I'm just gonna play this. Yeah, as you're you're as not possible. a big Family Man man, are you? I mean, I've only seen it once. Yeah. So, um, how can you tell me, Jake? How cagey is he in Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans? Oh, dude, off the charts. It's insane. <laughs> There's this scene where he's snorting coke and smoking crack with Exhibit. Yes. I'll just leave it at that. Like that, and that's so just excited. the behind the scenes documentary. <laughs> so excited for that. Do I need to dude. watch the original Bad Lieutenant before I oh, watch the Harvey, dude, uh, I don't so I didn't. I, I just I just watched the Nick Cage one and like that scene. I watched it because of that scene, because I stumbled across that scene. He's literally he's like dropping the N-word all throughout <laughs> that scene. Yeah, dude. It's that's, crazy. That's a 10. Oh, with no. exhibit? <laughs> yeah, with exhibit. <laughs> Even Mendez, what is this movie? Oh. And then dude, he he's sitting there hitting a crack pipe, and Exhibit <laughs> like after he drops like ten n bombs, Exhibit's like, "Yo, this motherfucker's crazy." And Cage replies with, "Easy, easy, easy," because I'm not easy e. And then starts manically laughing. <laughs> it makes this no is sense. Awesome. <laughs> I'm That's not even a joke. That's just like saying things. He probably smoked crack for real. That, okay. Yeah, he's a method guy. God, I'm I'm so stoked. What what's next? Recaging couch. It's the last category. What actor could we slot into this? You so you were I right. Said Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis would be good. It would be funny to see him in this wig. Yeah, Bruce Willis <laughs> in that wig. Obviously, he wouldn't have it if it were him in the movie. It would just be bald. So, are we going contemporary for the time? You period? can do any. Yeah, you, you can, can do any time you want. A case like, for anybody. If it's, Willis, if it's, I'm taking like 1989. Yeah, it has Bruce to be 80s. Willis. Yeah, you got to specify your year. So it doesn't have to be 97. No. Fuck it. I might. I might go 97. Yeah, I mean that. You you can think of it as like if Cage at the last minute has to drop out. Uh, well, yeah, and they still have to shoot the movie. 
who can do it yeah, and it still they're both, works. They're calling the, around desperately. The, the Matrix was 99. I was going to go Keanu Reeves. We, so yeah, we talked about that, that with The period. Rock. Yeah, so Keanu Reeves would be a good one, I think. This is, that makes sense because he's good at like just like the world happening around him. And this character honestly is it is it is Keanu at he is the most normal guy in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, that that would work. Um man. For Cusack, I was thinking it might just be because of the stealing a car, uh, a really nice car, and like being on the run. I was thinking like 90s Matthew Broderick. Oh uh, yeah, I could see that's that. That's an interesting one, you know. And then when he's when he's driving it down the desert, it's like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Can we like slide mo, like Greg mo. Kinnear in here somewhere as one of the FBI guys, or even as the John Cusack role? I love some Greg Kinnear. I don't want to miss Cusack. He has to. He could be the uh, the the what's what's the guy's name? Uh, the Colmini character. Can we have Greg Kinnear in that role. I want fucking James Gandolfini to be Colmini. Yeah. Greg Kinnear's too likable. You got to get like, yeah. you're like, ah, fuck this guy. He's going to blow up. It, this, yeah. That, Dude, that character needs to be ugly as hell. I, I just realized like how much of a Will Smith movie this actually is. <laughs> that's, <laughs> it would totally so, makes sense. The hair would have to go, but the, the, the character would change completely though. Yeah. We but like this Will is right up his alley in the nineties. Yeah. Will Smith makes more sense to me in The Rock than he does in Con Air. Yeah, too. Yeah. But I, I could still see Will Smith doing something like this. It'd be interesting. Him like going like straight off of Fresh Prince to like, I'm now going to be a convict. I could see a it. A good convict, though. I could see it. Realistically, someone who would have been up for this role would be like Mel Gibson, which he, he comes right, up yeah. a lot because of his, you know, time frame of relevance. But uh I think it would, it would be worse. Way worse. I it's like it. Well, old. I also like him way more in the Lethal Weapon movies where he's batshit fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he gets to cook. You know who I would love to see in this role? And in 97, I think could actually be more realistic than you think. Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> he just went, won an Oscar Man, for my left could foot. Could you imagine Daniel Day-Lewis and John Malkovich, their scenes together? Those would be fucking electric. Don't, but I don't think I don't no, think he's taking this role. I can't. He's gonna look and be like, "Hey, so what? Do, what credits does this director have? Oh, he has zero credits as a director. I'm out." I mean, DDL took some kind of questionable roles during this era. He wasn't as selective as we know him now um, in the 21st century. Someone who could have pulled this off but wouldn't have chosen to is Tom Hanks. Being, that wouldn't. I don't think that would. No, it would work. Him being like a southern, soft-spoken American hero. Just do Forrest Gump, and then still Forrest Gump, but smarter and buffer. Just literally bring back Forrest Gump with Bubba. I don't buy Tom Hanks like accidentally killing a guy. Well, the other the other reason I would suggest him is he's uh, very good at delivering jokes in character, and you know that a lot of you know a lot of joke one-liners in this. Um. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that comes to mind. Somebody more contemporary, like who of like modern actors now that are in like this mid to late twenties range could Jacques do Kumail. this. Uh, dude, I could totally see uh, Swayze being in it too. Oh, oh didn't Swayze, Swayze is Cameron Poe. Didn't Reed suggest that for Stanley Goodspeed? I think Re- that- Reed is always stealing my ideas, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that. <laughs> That is, yeah, RIP, man, but he 
he was this kind of action good boy hero guy. What you know? what actors do you just kind of like like that are like in their 30s now? Yeah, I mean, because I that's why I said like I feel like people would jump to saying like oh you know like The Rock or something like that. But I just I do not see The Rock. In like role. I know I know Krasinski would try to get this role yeah, if it, if it came sure. around now because you know it's it would an, not be as good. It's, a, it's so an American boring. hero, probably a war criminal. <laughs> He's into it, that apparently. This is this would be a terrible choice, but imagine how wild the movie would be if it was like '90s Schwarzenegger in the role, just like coming 90s. fresh off of his <laughs> his '80s stint. Or I mean, hey, I, yeah, or get Stallone in here to just uh, <laughs> instead. Like, I want to see Stallone try to do a Southern accent, and it just be nonsense. Like, yeah. it's like a movie you have to have subtitles okay. for. I'm I I'm gonna say one and like really think about it before you just say no. Like 2014 Channing Tatum. That I could see that. The guy is good at acting. I don't yeah. care what anyone hey, Logan Lucky Channing Tatum. Do you put that's the put same the fucking dude, just not a you con. Put the wig on him? Um I think he could rock the wig. I think that'd be really funny. It would be like a big piece of marketing. Is like, look at this funny, yeah. you know. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I like that. I can see that. Also, I, he, makes sense. Gary Busey should have been somebody in this movie. Like he yeah. needs to be in this movie. He should have been, he should have just been like straight jacket man who like, he, even when they're all escaped, they won't let him out. Or the, uh, or the cop with the Corvette. If we're just slotting in other convicts to fill out the, the background players, uh, Eric Andre, put him in there. <laughs> Remy, oh, yeah. Remy Malik. Eric Andre. <laughs> Do you know who was originally supposed to play the John Malkovich character? Gary Oldman. Uh, yeah, yeah, because because he's in True Romance as like a crazy fucking I, like Rasta that, drug it's dealer. It's not John Malkovich just puts his own Malkovich flair on no, it. No, but Oldman was Oldman was on. I mean, good, I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I think that this is a Malkovich. Like um, they landed on the right guy. I think the worst pick. Because another segment of re caging is like the worst choice you can think of. I think the worst choice I can think of is Adam Devine from Workaholics. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it, it's like a Jexy era Adam Devine who's like, I'm an action guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think uh, Chris Pratt would be pretty shitty. Um, one that if this script came around now, one or like if it came around five years ago, a guy who might get it would be Aaron Paul. And I don't think that that would be good. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Breaking Bad, Aaron yeah. Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that would be horrible. I don't he's, think that he's like he funny enough. He hasn't proven like himself to, to like do anything outside of Breaking yeah. Bad, which is kind it's of been kind of rough. I mean, his best work post Breaking Bad is on BoJack Horseman. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there, boys. Any final thoughts on Con Air, Jake? Anything else you want to say about Nick Cage? Um, I mean, like I said, he's one of my favorite actors. I think Con Air is one of the quintessential 90s action movies. It's got checks all the boxes. It's cheesy. It's over the top. Got a formulaic plot. Goes bananas in the third act. And uh, it's got some one-liners in it. I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, I don't, I, I, I will say this. I was kind of, I was always like, oh yeah, Con Air is one of the greatest action movies ever. And I hadn't seen it in a few years. And watching it this time, I was like, eh, it's not one of the greatest ever. It's like. It's got a lot of, a lot of flaws to it, but yeah. it's still, like I said, it's like the perfect hungover, like turn your brain off movie. Good, good nineties energy. It's yeah. it's one of my favorite action movies I've ever seen. 
Like, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't believe it was my it. first time. Like, really, what I knew about Con Air were the little bumpers TBS would have all the time while right, I was watching, yeah. like, like Yes Dear for some reason. Uh, like, it, it was on always. And should have watched it because it's it really... I don't know. It's it's more fun than it than it has to be to make box office, and it it has more cleverness than you'd think it would have. I remember catching it on um, cable when I was young, and I always thought the ending was leaving Las Vegas, like the tearful <laughs> reunion. For some reason, in my head, like I associated that in, shot in your head, like it ends with Nick Cage just like dying out of bed after <laughs> after having no. I, I that shot of like Nick Cage reunited with his wife and daughter. I I associated that with leaving Las Vegas for some reason. So rewatching, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's uh, that's Con Air. That's Con Air. That hair, <laughs> that hair is not about as different of a movie as you can possibly have for Nick Cage Vegas movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, but when I watch a Nick Cage movie, I just want fun. I just want it to be over the top, ridiculous, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah. Where where does this rank in the pantheon of Vegas movies? Well, it's Would only in count? Vegas for like thirty minutes of the two hour. <laughs> so it's time. not. A, yeah, it's not technically. Well, then okay, Vegas. Nevada movies. <laughs> Are they always in Nevada? I mean, where are they, no. I don't. Where are they going? Carson, I no. I, this is another big question. Where are they they're, going? So their their first stop is Carson City, which yes, is Nevada. But where are they coming from? And where Alabama, is this? Right? Where is this supermax prison where they're going to? They're coming from Alabama. Are they? Or is he just from Alabama? And they're then going they sent him to Alabama. A, yeah, well, because he's hitching a ride, so they have to be heading east. They're just flying in circles, dude. So Don't I, worry about That's it. why this doesn't qualify as a Vegas or a Nevada movie because I, who fucking knows where they are? My my number one Vegas movie is Ocean's Eleven, Forever and Always. Yeah. yeah. Hard, to beat it. hard to beat. As far as like iconic Vegas, like The Hangover. Yeah, I mean, not well, you get a good gambling movie too. I, I, swingers. it's not, it's not my, yeah, Swingers. Uh, is a, well, that's also a great LA movie. But um, even something, even though it's, far from the best pta something like heart eight is an incredible vegas movie and even better reno movie uh with the turn that movie takes i never want to go to reno in my life after seeing heart eight got pta on my hoodie hey there we go oh it's his face face. i love that how do we get that (laughs) is that custom i got it off red bubble (laughs) red bubble's got some good shit how many people just come up to you and just like who is that? Oh, dude, nobody's ever recognized it. Every time I wear it, they're like, who is that? And they, everyone says somebody's different. They're like, is that, is that Hanks? And then no. you say, <laughs> and then you say who it is. And they're like, who well, is I think that? They mean, they, they mean Chet Hanks, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. White Boy Summer. Yeah, is that White Boy Summer? <laughs> Everybody says PTA it looks exactly like Chet Hanks. <laughs> People are thinking I, it might be him. I think, well, PTA, yeah, if you've ever heard him for give, his acting debut. If you ever heard PTA give an interview, it's very easy to see why you would mix the two up. Um, whenever PTA just starts to talk. They both have Jamaican accents. Yeah. We were, yeah. <laughs> we. I was just talking to Ernie. Uh, I know we need to wrap, but I was just talking pre-pod about Chet Hanks because he he dropped the White Boy Summer song. It's like the beat is really, really solid. It could be like a huge deal, a big hit. And he just won't stop doing the Patois. It's weird. He doesn't. And I think it's just because he's really dumb. And and the first couple of times he went viral, it was because of the Patois. It was because people were upset. And that's like how he gained notoriety at first. 
Um, and people discovering that he existed. Yeah. So I think he's just like reading the room wrong and he's like, this is like one of my things. And it's like, no, like people just like that. You're really stupid, man. Just be <laughs> stupid. You, if you're racist, then like it's harder to enjoy. And he just won't drop it. Dude, so um, this is really funny before. Let me see if I can find a date stamp on this. I think this is like 2009, 2008, maybe when he was like starting rapping and like had a personal Facebook and was very easy to contact. Like, you know, like back in the day, my buddy friended him on Facebook and would DM him all the time, (laughs) suggesting lyrics for his rap songs. And he, when the white boy summer thing happened, he's like, dude, do you remember when we used to do this? Cause like we used to just like bullshit and just like, oh, see, if, see if Tom Hanks's kid will read this. And he always read them, but he never responded. <laughs> oh my God. So here's, here's some of the, I only have two of them, but these are two of the messages. You can actually see, you're not gonna be able to see it on or zoom too well, but it's like the old school Facebook messenger. And one of them was my dad was Forrest Gump. So, you know, I get to get some of that hump. <laughs> and then <laughs> this was another one. He, after he left my buddy on red, my buddy messaged him again. And his, his, his Facebook name was Chet Hayes. Yeah, he used to go by Chet Hayes yeah. as a rapper. So uh, this one says, I can tell you didn't like my last suggestion, so maybe you can use this line instead. My dad starred in a movie called Big, and that's an accurate description of my penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately after, it just says cool. Chet is now offline. <laughs> he just logged off. <laughs> How how long ago was this? This was year, dude. Look how like I don't know if you can see it. How old the screenshot is? I can't oh, wow. see, but that see. I thought that's I was early insane. on the Chet Hanks yeah. You you've been we on were, it we from yeah. the beginning. I don't know. Yeah, it's like super old school Facebook. Right. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, impressive. Like old shit. Yeah, this was like right when Facebook like kind of hit the scene. I you love could, like, that the last the last 10, 15 minutes of this pod every week have now just become a Chet Hanks update. Yeah, I mean, this is now just a new segment. I've been pushing I, I things this I'm way so for a happy. while. We, <laughs> so we, happy we, we have yet to talk about Montero parentheses, call me by your name, but we're still talking about Chet Hanks. Keeping that, we, uh, we all just should have chewed gum the whole time into the mics, like he does. He's always oh chewing gum, unlistenable, <laughs> walking around LA, just baking in that song. meeting with like insane people and putting them in his IG story. Dude, it's, it's so funny too. Cause like Tom Hanks is like the most wonder bread celebrity ever. Mm-hmm. Just like so plain and boring, like America's dad. And then your son is just like fucking cancer. <laughs> yeah. He, the, the podcast. Yeah. But still did a deep dive into him like, like over a year ago. And they were talking about how he does have like rich boy energy, but like, it's not Tom Hanks's kid, rich energy. Yeah. He has the energy of a guy like his dad in like Indiana has like a contracting business, you know? Right. So he doesn't yeah. have to work, but he's stupid as fuck, man. It's, it's funny. So I was, uh, I watched uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong a few days ago nice. um, that has Featuring Colin Kong, Hanks. Yeah. Um, it was so funny seeing Colin Hanks in there because we were talking about him last week about how just, he's got to be so bummed out that he's not even the second most famous hanks um <laughs> and every time that you see him in king kong and he like has a line it's just like colin get off the screen dude like <laughs> you're sorry, only guy. in this movie because of your dad like you are a nothing of a person he's, he uh he's fine he's, he's a cl- yeah he's classic like like a, a pleasure you know he's like a light-hearted yeah. addition to like a, a sitcom or whatever <laughs> how perfect would it be if he featured on a chet hanks track 
And that's when, that's when, you know, Colin Hanks would use those lines. <laughs> He's rapping so quietly. No one can hear him. Yeah. It's like shy Ronnie. Every yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that, uh, Chet will, do you my, think Chet will ever sample a Tom Hanks quote, like for a song? Ooh. That would be that. That's no, the snake eating its own tail. He he definitely like doesn't want to piggyback off of Tom. You yeah, can I mean, tell he, by everything. He changed his last name to H A N X for Christ's sake. He wants Swag. nothing to do with this family. Legally. <laughs> we we have to end this. Some, yeah, we got to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Jake. Yeah, Your man. Thanks for having me. And your stories are so beautiful. I remember when I first. I don't remember if this was actually made it onto your show but i remember us chatting about uh your uh and an la experience in a certain uh a former house of one toby mcguire um, oh yeah, yeah 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 i don't know if that made the show or not i just told that story the other day too that's a great that's a great uh anecdote um we maybe maybe it's a tangent for the next time that you can uh come on this show because we'll be happy to have you on again soon uh, after we're out of the cage. Maybe when uh, you guys land. do all Tobey Maguire movies, it'll be a good story. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm all in on hey, that, baby. Hey, Biscuit guys? Uh, Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about just, like, why that movie makes me so viscerally angry and why Great Gatsby is an adaptable book. And... Yeah. Yeah. Jake, please tell the <laughs> listeners uh, where they can find you and if there's anything you want to plug. Yeah, man, my uh, Twitter uh, is at Jacob T. Swinney. My other Twitter is at First Final Frame. That's where the, the podcast goes. Great so, Twitter, yeah. man. Thanks, man. It's, shit. Dude, I'm being uh, very inactive on it lately. I've been so fucking busy. I haven't like been keeping up on social media or my own personal podcast like at all. But hopefully, you know, get back to it soon. But yeah, go follow it. Some decent stuff on there. Um, and for us, you can follow us at We Bought a Mic on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can email us at WeBoughtAMike at gmail.com. You can also donate at anchor.fm slash WeBoughtAMike. Thank you to all you beautiful donors for making this series possible. Um, you're lovely. Next week, face off, baby. Mm-hmm. Travolta v. Cage. The two titans collide. Who wins? Who falls? whose face goes off. We shall see. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.